1: even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening
3: this podcast on 973
1: the fan is presented by Hummel Casino fun above all else
2: is everybody in is everybody in The ceremony is about to begin. Wake up!
4: been woods 973 the fan i'm getting used to the new sound in my head right now i got some brand new headphones uh, people had been i think i'm pretty sure taking my headphones i i think I, I think both of these are mine that are in here they're just old loose headphones and i'm pretty sure people have been rubbing their taint on them and that's why i've been getting sick and and uh, I just decided, I'm going to get some new phones. So I got some new phones. Now I'm getting used to the sound. It's deep and rich in my, in my head. I hope it sounds good coming out over the airwaves. Sound, sound normal? It sounds exactly the same. Exactly
5: the same. Because it's actually the, the same microphone mic. that produces the sound. I the get it. The headphones it.
4: nothing to do with it. I get it. Relax, number one. Okay? So just relax. It's all good. I'm Woodsy. Uh, to my left... Is Benjamin Higgins, and he's he's a little uptight this morning. Aztecs lost last night. It, it bunches him up when they lose, and he's got to go defend him online all night. I know how it is. I totally, totally get it. Uh, we will talk about the Aztecs, Benny. So that's coming. I watched the whole game. I have a lot to contribute uh, about it as well. Now, joining us as well this morning is Frank, is it Marchese? Or Mar- it's Marchese, right. It's not Marchese. It's Frank Marchese. We yes. call him Italian, Paul, because he is Italian. Makes it easier. And he's sitting in for Paul Rindle, who was out sick. And we knew that there was a possibility that this could happen. Paulie had had cruised under the radar as far as even a tickle in his throat. Started feeling like crap Sunday. Sunday night got worse. Came in, uh, tried to duke it out yesterday. And then yesterday he goes, I'm dead. I am just dying. I guess he went home. He slept all day. Woke up, pounded out the rundown. We uh, called down to the bullpen, and Italian Paul is here, and it's good to have you here, buddy. I always like seeing your face. Well, thank you very much. I am feeling a little uh, lied to, a little lied to about today. How so?
6: Um, I was told. Now I know the history of what's gone on here, not just in this studio, but on this floor. How there it is, proving my point doesn't make it less true. That everybody has been sick.
4: Yeah, everybody. Absolutely, has been. They everybody.
6: Have been. I was promised a hazmat suit, and I have the te- I have the right. I have it in writing. I was uh, promised a hazmat suit, and I have not yet seen it. Let me
4: let let's clue him in, sweet little innocent Italian Paul, about the ways of Odyssey <laughs> and the way that Odyssey typically uh, will operate.
6: I've been with Odyssey for a while. Yeah, now. I know, well, I yes. mean,
4: when we were hired here, we were promised a three-hour show. Uh, it was actually uh, it was a, a verbal handshake. Uh, yeah, 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 no problem. I'm gonna do a three-hour show. Oh, great, because that's what. Our competition does. That's what every other... You guys realize, too, there's one you know, one major sports team in town. Four a day makes it a little bit tougher. They're, yeah, 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 done. It's done. Don't worry about it. You don't even have to ask about it again. How long did that last? About about three, that. about three weeks? About three weeks. Hey, sorry, guys. We need to put you back to a four-hour show. Oh, really? You've never seen panic in two dudes' face like you saw? I'll never forget where I was. I was down at Stadium Golf chipping balls, he called me, he's called me, Ben's called me maybe three times in six years, maybe, and he was panicked. And I mean, panicked! Well, I know how you're going to react, so. I, well, I knew how you were going to react, and I we hated it. So, listen, you'll get your hazmat suit when we get our three-hour show, all right? Just so you know. So it's good to be here. I'm so glad uh, that Italian Paul is here, and I hope our little Paulie feels better. I don't think it went... I don't think it went particularly well. I don't think he slept very well. I think he's uh, on some meds. But he did pound out the rundown for us. We really appreciate that and all his hard work. So, uh, Ben, are you okay? You do seem a little bit uptight.
5: I'm fine. No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. uh, I wasn't overly disappointed by the loss last night. It was another one they could have had. Sure. So, as a fan, obviously, you would have liked to have won one of those. Probably not going to win the conference anymore. But we'll talk about it uh, this morning. Um, And... Yeah, there were some Aztecs fans who were panicked on my timeline. Yeah, there were. Now oh, they're one and done for sure in for the sure. NCAA tournament. Can't tell you how many times I got that last year at this time as sh- well from San Diego State fans. I but. should have
4: counted last year, because I do like to go lurk on your feed when the Aztecs lose because I like to see I like to see the interaction. And the interaction was it, it, it never disappoints. So uh I hope everybody is having a fantastic uh morning this morning. We do have you know we have we have things to talk about. Certainly, there are actually a lot of very sports-ish stories uh, that that came out yesterday. We will get into those as well uh, today about college football playoffs. We'll talk some uh, NCAA basketball, as we mentioned. We will talk about the San Diego Padres. Um, we will talk some uniforms too. I, I I'm I'm interested in talking more about the the travesty that has happened uh, so far in Major League Baseball. You've got. You've got legit players going to their Instagram, posting jerseys that adult league teams wouldn't pay for. You know, Uh, it made me feel much better about the jerseys I procured for my adult league team Um, because they're horrible. They're horrible. Uh, And I thought people were being a little dramatic about it. They weren't. They were absolutely right. People are going to be plunking down a couple hundred bucks for these jerseys with off-centered numbers, with off-centered letters. You make the big leagues. You walk into your locker. Here we go. Oh, wow. They have better jerseys at fantasy camp. I'm telling you. So I don't know what's happened to uh, my beloved major league baseball, but they're really they're really stepping in it again, which they've been known
5: to do. Um, over the years. Now have we actually seen the the game jerseys for the season yet? Because I don't know. You, your spring I mean, jerseys are not the same ones that but you it's wear. It's the same
4: manufacturer, it's the same issues True. that are going to but which th- is these the, are on sale. But these I, are on sale. From what I
5: understand, this it's the same factory where the old the old <laughs> uniforms used to come out. They haven't changed like where they're made, even though they've changed the branding and it's the same factory that's producing them. So you, theoretically they should be able to, to Make them look like they always have. Well,
4: theoretically, is one thing... To actually execute it has been another thing entirely, man, entirely. So, uh, yeah, we will get into to all that. We'll talk to our pal Sammy Spring training today as well. But um, what did everybody do? How was how was your afternoon yesterday? Some I had normal... a uh,
5: I had a fairly normal afternoon. Um, I didn't work yesterday, which was nice. Oh, that's so good. I, I didn't I know that. Enjoyed a lunch. I went to they opened up a brand new board and brew in Encinitas this weekend, and I went to my my first experience of the Encinitas board and brew. Had how a, was it? Tom's choice, which is the The turkey and roast beef sandwich on the squaw bread, which is my favorite. At Borden Brew, a little bit of that uh, sweet and sour sauce that goes with it. You've had it at the ballpark probably before, but usually I had to drive like 20-25 minutes if I ever wanted a Borden Brew sandwich, which is a little much for me for lunch, just to go get a sandwich, but now it's like two minutes away from my house, so I enjoyed that for the first time, the new opening in that Trader Joe's Shopping Center in Encinitas. You know, it's
4: not always a good thing when something you love... It's opens close. up too close to your home.
5: I had a turkey sandwich with a lot of veggies on it. it's not the worst thing to have for a, for a lunch. It's true, but you start mainlining chips and Pepsi's. Didn't and get any the, chips. Didn't get any Pepsi. And just the, got the sandwich. The sauce. Yeah, the sauce is probably not the best thing for you. It's but so good. It does though. make it so good, though.
4: Yeah. It's really really good. Oh well, that's that's excellent news. I uh, am doing an undertaking. I was. Uh, I think I must be out of my mind to do this, but. So walking around the house yesterday in a little bit of an existential crisis as i 'm known to have once a week at least, and I just wasn 't feeling great and and you know was feeling a lack of creativity and Then I looked outside and it was just dumping rain again, and I just went, oh my god wouldn't it like I was just in a mood, right so I looked at the at, at my bookshelf and I remembered that I bought this book, Betty. <laughs> It's called "A Thousand and One Albums" here before you die. Now that's a buttload of albums. That is an absolute truckload
5: of records to listen to. Figure a th- twelve songs or so on yeah. every single Call album. We're talking forty-eight
4: about, minutes to an hour. We're
5: talking twelve thousand songs <laughs> easily.
4: Yeah, I mean, and, and a thousand records. And so I looked at this book, and the book is about it's a. Good solid four to five inches thick. It's like an encyclopedia. It's bigger than a dictionary. So I start thumbing through it. And I go, I'm gonna try it. I'm just gonna try it. I'm gonna I'm I've got some time. I'm not feeling like, you know, going pound out notes on the computer. I'm just gonna listen to some music, which I love to do. And so I started with an album by a gentleman of the name of Bob Dylan. Who we've A. Aaronson?
5: We've had. So you're not going alphabetical. No, I did not go okay. alphabetical.
4: I. What happened was I flipped to and it goes by decade, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever. Flip it open. The first book, first thing it opens to is "Blood on the Tracks" by Bob Dylan, famous album. Now I say famous album. I've never listened to it. I've never listened. I know one song off and off the top of my head, and I go, all right. And I don't even like Bob. I mean, I respect Bob Dylan, but I don't go and get in the car and be like, yes, let me get some Dylan on. So I laid down in my bed, or on my bed, and I listened to Blood on the Tracks from in its entirety. And I looked outside, and the rain was coming down, and I would go, I get it now. I get it. I got it. It was a cool feeling of like, you've been fighting against Bob Dylan and his weird, jangly voice for 35, 40 years. I sat down, I listened to it, and I went, Okay. That's one down. Now, how
5: long did that take you to listen it's to the entire 40, album?
4: Let me. T- I'll tell you. I can tell so, you there's right no now.
5: 18 minute tracks about John F. Kennedy's assassination <laughs> no. on this particular album.
4: Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan, right here, is 10 songs, 51 minutes.
5: Okay, 51 yeah. minutes.
4: 51 minutes. So, I listened to Blood on the Tracks. And, and you didn't do entire...
5: anything else while you were listening. You I la- focused. I, I laid
4: there and like played on my phone a little bit,
5: but yeah. I listened to
4: that album in its entirety. And now I can say. Oh, yeah, Blood on the Tracks, great record. I'm listening to it. Because you say things like, oh, Sgt. Pepper's. Oh, yeah, I know Sgt. Pepper's. You never sat and listened to all of Sgt. Pepper's. You know what I mean? Like, you very rarely listen to an entire record. So I'm going to try to knock out as many of these 1,001. Well, because
5: yeah, you have to listen to the kind of not great songs in between. Yes, of course. There's no, Just, you know.
4: you gotta, no fast-forwarding. So I I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to see how many I can Plus, get through.
5: Plus, you know, artists will arrange their album <laughs> in a particular order to sometimes tell a story, for, exactly right. Or, you know, there's a flow to an album that you don't get when you're listening on the radio and a random song comes on. It might be the seventh song on an album or the second song on an album. It has no context when you're listening on a, a random Spotify channel or on the radio.
4: And I realized, you know, I realized that our generation, mine and yours, Italian Paul's for sure, um... I think it's probably stopped at our parents. That it was we were a singles generation. Oh, we heard this song on the radio. We love it, and that's the one we listened to. I went back and listened to another uh, one of my favorite. In my, I thought it was my favorite Morrissey record. It wasn't because I only knew two songs on it. But I went and listened to the rest of that yesterday as well, and went, "Oh, there's five more songs in there I like." Was that in the list? That one. I'm sure it is. Okay, I'm sure it is. It's it's one of his better ones, but. Uh, so I did that yesterday. I played a lot of guitar, and I felt I just got myself feeling better again. It really so, helped.
5: Yeah, it's interesting. Is that simply a function of convenience? When our parents were listening to music, you had to physically get up, put the record player on the on the turntable, put the <laughs> pin down. You're not going to search around and try to find the start of another song. You're just going to let it run all the way through. Generally, you if you're could. listening to music, you could, but it's that's it's how they the pain. did it.
4: That's how they did it on the radio. They, the guy would have to go sit. And look for the little, darker line, and then place it gently on there, and then it would play. Right. Uh, they don't have to do that anymore. But now we no, had cassettes. Was, Sometimes we had cassettes. you'd listen to a
5: cassette yep. all the way through. But, but you'd
4: also fast-forward you through a cassette. You could fast-forward
5: a little bit easier through a cassette. And then once CDs were invented, you could just skip to the track that you wanted. And now that there's digital music, you can skip between genres, artists, songs, different albums, whatever you want listen to whatever order you want it doesn't matter what album it came from anymore at all
4: that's exactly right jr says woods hates recommendations but has an entire book of recommendations yeah i it's a, this is more of a this is more of like a compilation like cuz i there's albums in there i've never heard of ever and i'm like all right, well, i I want to give it a shot so 1001 um, thousand one albums to listen to before you die. You can go look it up too. It's a pretty cool book, and they've got a write up about every single album in there. It's a lot. I can't even imagine the undertaking that this guy went through to write this book. Problem is, I think it stopped in 2005, and there's been a lot of good records since 2005. There's probably an addendum somewhere. I'm gonna, it's probably gonna end up being like 1500 albums I need to listen to before I die, but I'm gonna try to make my way through it. It was really. It was a pretty, pretty cool experience yesterday. So. so
5: if everything goes well and you listen to one a day, right. you will be done in about three years.
4: Three to five years if you add yeah. the, the, album uh, the since albums The new albums, yeah, that's true. Because that's 2005 to 24. That's 18, 17. That's 17 years. That's 18 years. Eight, 19, 20, 21, 22, How
5: many years is it? Since the, I mean, the since start of two thousand four, yes. including two thousand five, would be nineteen years. Nineteen years, years. so close.
4: That's nineteen more years of albums I'm gonna have to listen to. So I'll, I'll probably finish, probably sometime around twenty thirty six, uh, which I look forward to. I'll Uh,
5: update you guys, too, as we go along the way. Give us your reports (laughs) on the uh, Blood on on the the tracks. Two On the
4: journey. (laughs) So good. So good.
5: Our journey will take you until 10 a.m. this morning. We'll uh, lay out the menus for what we've got coming up on the show today when we come back. Uh, It is Ben and Woods and Italian Paul in for the ill. Paul Reindel this morning. Let's check traffic and see how it looks out there on a rainy Wednesday morning on San Diego's number 1 sports station, 97.3 The Fam.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. price and coverage match limited by state law you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone
4: not expect Italian football discussion to break out. Me and Italian Paul. Italian Paul, who's your college football team? I, I'm a Penn State guy. Okay. Me and Italian Paul, there's the new, uh, they, they came out yesterday. We're going to get to it, I think, at 8.35. Maybe we'll jump it up sooner. But Italian Paul's trying to goad me because I'm a Notre Dame fan, and they're not in a conference. And, yeah, I've heard that bit before. But he, he doesn't know, Ben. He can't goad me about the Irish. Because you know my theory on the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I love them. My dad went there. I went to Holy Cross. I couldn't get in, Went where Rudy went. And um, you can't get me. You can't upset me about the Irish. They're going to go out. They're going to get their 9-10 wins, and I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy my Saturdays watching them play. And as long as we beat SC and some of the big names on the schedule... I'm As happy you as you keep your
5: expectation is oh, very reasonable, massively You're reasonable. You're like a Dodgers fan that goes, Hey, as long as we get to the playoffs, That's exactly every year, right. I don't care Dude. if we lose in the divisional it's, round to the Padres or the Diamondbacks. We got in, we had a good regular season. That's all that really matters it, in
4: college football. It's so much different <laughs> than in, in Major League Baseball. You know, it's so much different. There's 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 conferences, there's you know, uh, there's money, there's how you get into the school? Who you let into the school? It's so uneven and weird, and it's such a—it's been such a dynasty for the SEC. I like to get my ten, cash it out, beat the, beat some teams. You know, watch them run out of the tunnel. All of the aura that you were just talking about—that you say they don't have anymore—ten should get you into the playoffs yeah.
5: most years now with and, the new format that we'll talk about.
4: Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about this format. I think. Ultimately, the new format is going to be phenomenal for college football. Phenomenal. There's there's really undoubtedly
5: it's a good thing for schools like San Diego State. You now feel like you have a chance. There is a pathway to the playoff and the national championship that didn't really exist before. And that's that was one of my chief complaints about college football is you had a system where a, a good I don't know 30 40 teams that suited it up in August for training camp were already eliminated 100 from the entire race before they even set foot on a practice field for the first time and
4: I what do you tell your players on day one hey if we work really hard and we win every game a hundred to nothing you have no shot at a national title <laughs> so let's get out there and kick some ass today guys come on there's no way there's no way so this this makes it feel a little fair now, You're going to see the same teams in there at the end. It's going to be Georgia and Alabama next year, or Georgia and Texas or somebody. As it should be. As it should be. Those are the
5: good teams. You want the the best teams in the playoff, and this format will also account for the best teams getting in. But you will have, soon, one day,
4: some upstart team that they'll make a Disney movie about that runs the table or something. There's going to be some interesting storylines that come out of this. That was a
6: hell of a inspirational speech for a halftime show, for like a halftime yeah. thing if you're going for the Akron job. right? Yeah, exactly. great there. Exactly.
4: It's exactly right. So, uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I love college football. I do love the Irish, but you can't get me mad about the Irish, Italian Paul. You just can't. I'm not trying can't. to get
6: you mad. I'm just trying to bring you back to
4: the real world. I'm in the real world where they don't have to join a conference in football because they already get their cake. Why would they say, ooh, you guys are giving us cake? Well... Let me just take some of this cake and spread it out evenly amongst ourselves. No, they get the cake. They don't need it.
6: We don't need to be in a conference yet. We Because we're not in a conference, we can't go higher than six right. in
4: this new system. Which, again, I, I'm not even seeing many Irish fans complain about it. It's just kind of like, this is what it is. You get that buy because you don't play a conference championship. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk, we're, we're, we'll talk about it coming we're up. up. Yep. We're, we're, uh, we're
5: obviously, we will, uh, it early we will talk Padres in spring training. There was a lot of Jackson Merrill discussion yesterday that we will... <laughs> get into i uh, was interested reading the athletics uh, jason stark uh, polled anonymously polled a lot of uh, executives to see who the real winners and losers of the offseason were best trades most improved teams least improved teams Padres come up a couple of times in those discussions best and worst free agent signings of the offseason uh, we'll get into some of that coming up take on woods our, our daily game chance to qualify for a trip to las vegas that's right around 710 each morning we'll get to that don't do this is our 720 segment sammy spring training will join us from peoria that is a 735 slot today as uh, sam levitt continues to just kill it with his coverage for us uh, at 973 the fan on all the shows all day long the video That he's putting out. If you are not following Sammy on every channel, all over the place, YouTube, X, TikTok, Um, Am I missing some places? Instagram, 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 yes, absolutely. Instagram, where the uh, content is flowing freely. Uh, We will hear from Sammy at 735. Our Tier 1 tour continues. We are previewing each team as we count down toward Padres opening day, which is now less than one month away, March 20th, in Korea against the Dodgers. We will take a look at the Boston Red Sox in our Tier 1 tour today coming up. In our eight twenty segment, we got the uh, college football discussion. Uh, Italian Paul will have an Italian Paul, Rinal report for us today. There's always a mention of auto racing. It's really the only time auto racing ever gets talked about on this show. When, you know, when when Italian Paul wedges it in somewhere. Well, during... you guys, got to get cultured. That's and what I, happens. And I told him because there's
4: nothing more cultured than Daytona. Uh, but I told him when I walked in this morning, I, you know what I want from you today, Italian Paul? I said I want. It, I said, I know Daytona is like your Super Bowl. I said, give it to me. Give it to me and make me... Show us your passion. Make me want you, Challenge Italian acceptance. Paul.
5: Okay, make me want... It's, well, it's funny. When seduce
4: me let's with let's your see, Daytona. Okay. Seduce okay.
5: me. When I'm We're scrolling and I that, see I an guess. auto racing tweet, I know it came from Frank's account. Just like if I see a tuna boat, I know it came from Nick Canapa's account. There's just certain people who are in lanes, their thing. Have their thing, and I know exactly where it comes from. And if it's auto racing... Either Frank tweeted it or he retweeted it from someone else, because there's no one else on my timeline that really does any auto racing coverage at all. And if I see a pithy San Diego State tweet, I know
4: exactly (laughs) where it came from. And we will talk about that in the very
5: next segment. We will come back. The Aztecs, Utah State last night in Logan, (laughs) have their chances, could not pull it off. Not Jaden Ladies' fault, I will say that. Uh, a couple other players did not have great games, though. Uh, we will get into some San Diego State basketball talk and more coming up next with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone
0: 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
2: You deserve this
6: rich golden lager with a crisp, but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. more
7: two more.
6: You deserve this ice cold reward. Modella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port Chicago,
2: Illinois.
5: news and uh, bad news for college basketball aztecs fans this morning after their team lost 68 63 last night in logan utah to the now first place utah state aggies and um i don't know which way should i start with the good news or the bad news bad news obviously right, i will start with the bad news we will get that done right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 the fan uh, we'll start with the uh, bad news. The simple truth is that with the loss last night, the Aztecs fall to nine and five in Mountain West play. They are third place now, behind ten and four Utah State and nine and four Boise State. Best case scenario now: San Diego State wins the rest of their games, but even if they do so, they will need help to just uh, forge a tie somewhere at the top of the standings. They play Boise State at Viejas Arena, so they can be they can beat the Broncos, but. They don't play the Aggies again, and Utah State's next uh, three games are all against bottom tier teams in the conference, so their last game is at home against New Mexico. The Aztecs will need New Mexico's help at the end of the season just to have a chance at tying for first place, and at that point, it may come down to some massive tiebreakers if they're two or three, four teams that all have five losses at the end of the conference. The... Control of winning the conference is very much out of San Diego sure. State's hands, and the odds that they lift another banner, regular season Mountain West Conference banner into the rafters of Viejas Arena, pretty low now after the loss last night. That's the that's the bad news and the bad takeaway from last night's game. Uh, the good news is, didn't hurt them in any of the metrics. They gained number 18 in the net rankings, number 18 in the Ken Palm computer rankings this morning. It was another quad one game, so their 12th of the season, not considered a bad loss by any stretch of the imagination. They have no bad losses. Their NCAA tournament resume remains very strong. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the committee would still consider them a four seed, which is where sure. they were considered on Saturday when the the preview bracket came out. So... It wasn't a punishing loss. It was just a missed opportunity to get a good road win. And now there really are no more opportunities for San Diego State to get that really good conference road win. They had many chances, came up short every single time uh, of their five conference losses. Four of them are by single digits on the road, most of them in altitude. And they had a chance to win just about every single one of them and they were unable to pull it off in in any of the occasions.
4: You know, it it it's not it's not a uh it, look, the final score last night 68-63. I watched the entire game too. I felt like that game, I felt like they should have lost by 15. As poorly as they played down the stretch, they just kept hanging around though. And would get a big stop when they needed one. Dude, great Osabor is incredible. I mean, he played off his ass last night. Now, so did Jaden Ladee. Why wasn't Osibor given the same type of attention defensively that Ledee was given down at the other end of the court because he got mauled as he has? They were talking about it on the broadcast, the scratches up and down his arms that they saw uh, before the game. There is, there's nobody that could guard him, and he was, it was a mismatch all night. Jaden was on him, but uh, when they would come over to double, Benny—
5: there was just nothing they could do to stop it. It's one of the the actual areas where the Aztecs aren't as good as last season. Now, metrically, defensively, they're still one of the top <laughs> sure. teams in the country. But without Nathan Mensah as that big presence and rim protector underneath, a big player like Great Osibor can have his way. Jayden Ledea is not one of the better defensive players for San Diego State. A, a good defensive team but one that is somewhat vulnerable underneath and it is a it is a possible reason the Aztecs could get knocked out in a bad matchup in the NCAA tournament they face a guy like that who just continues to pound it in and they don't have an answer for it it could be a problem but for San Diego State that
4: said i mean my god make shots like yeah. make 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 shots down the stretch um, you know, they, and I understand and Pete Pete Gillen is a tough listen. Man. God, he's tough listen. It's just stream of consciousness in a feed Boston big dog. accent. Feed yeah, the feed, big dog. Feed him. You gotta get him the ball. Get him the ball. <laughs> and you're you're listening to, to to that and I'm like, Yeah, but there's three guys on him and then you've got guys on the wings that are wide open standing there. Nobody could nobody could hit a shot. Nobody can hit a shot down the stretch. So I understand getting it to your best player. Maybe not when he's he's triple coverage. Somebody's got to step up and make, those, make those, those buckets. The
5: Aztecs went 2 of 18 from three-point range until <sighs> the last second of the game when they made one to finish 3 of 19, but it didn't matter at that point. You consider if they had just made a quarter of their three-point baskets, which isn't a good percentage, they would have won that game. So in that sense, knowing you can go on the road to a, another hostile, sold-out environment, what is considered one of the better student sections in the country – not play one of your better games of the season and still have every opportunity to win that game tells you that San Diego State's going to be a very hard out for anyone in the NCAA tournament. But they could be their own worst enemy because if you shoot like that in the NCAAs, you're going home. And And they need to have a little more consistency from outside. Jaden LaDee, who I thought early in the game, they took him out You know, just a few minutes in and he looked winded. I don't know if it was... Um, Altitude that was bothering him, came back and had a phenomenal game. 23 points, 6 rebounds, but he can't do it all by himself. And his teammates did not step up. Lamont Butler, 0 points, 0 assists, 3 turnovers. It had to be maybe his worst game as a San Diego State Aztec. Uh, Micah Parrish wasn't much better. He wasn't hitting shots. Got a little bit off the bench from uh, Reese Waters yesterday. Uh, Miles Bird did a little bit, but... Ultimately, the rest of the starting lineup, other than Jaden Ladee, just all had an off night. And they still lost by five to a top 30 team on the road in a sold-out, hostile environment. The Aztecs can can certainly play basketball. And I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, the people in my feed are going, well, they're clearly a one-and-done team in the NCAA tournament. Well, they're not going to have to go on the road in the NCAA tournament. Right. It's a neutral site. They've won all their neutral site games so far. Uh, I am certainly worried that they're going to draw a big man, maybe a team with two big man men underneath that's going to be a very bad matchup for them, or they're going to have a really off shooting night in the NCAA tournament, but that's pretty much how most teams that's go
4: That's how, that, I was just going to say, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like the recipe for disaster for every single team in college basketball. And,
5: and you know, last year they didn't have a, an off night, really, until yeah. the, the championship right. game. They were on, they were shooting well, and they were progressing through the tournament, but... If you're going to say that the Aztecs are a fraud, then UConn's a fraud too. They lost by 19 on the road to a decent Creighton team, but one that got bodied by UNLV earlier in the season. They're ranked 15th, but not, I would say, appreciably better than Utah State. And that's, that's UConn. No one's going to say, well, UConn's out of it. They've got no chance. They're the defending champs. They're ranked number one. Got absolutely bodied on the road Crushed, because yep. teams on the road in college basketball, especially this season, are just having very little success. And that's true of every other Mountain West team as well. And count on one hand, like the number of road wins against top teams in the Mountain West this year. They're very rare. Usually something weird happened in the game that allowed the road team to get the win, and the Aztecs got zero of them Well, and I'll so tell you, far this season. And I'll tell you what, man, the Mountain West uh, tournament
4: is going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be like a Royal Rumble, Ben. I mean, the, the teams at the top of the heap, and hell, even the teams... You know, near the middle have have played really good basketball this season. It is a really really uh tough conference one that you should feel pretty proud of at being you know near the top of these guys can play. They can absolutely play. And they're talking, you know, six teams going to go in the tournament from the
5: Mountain West. So um, that tournament is going to be bananas. Remember, we talked about it earlier, though. The Mountain West format <laughs> for the tournament gives the top five teams a bye right. into the quarterfinals. And if you finish sixth or below, you have to play at a fourth game, an extra play in game, essentially, which makes it much, much more difficult. I don't think a team that's ever been beyond fifth has ever won the tournament and had to go through the four games to to win the whole thing. Right now, San Diego State is a half game out of sixth place. Uh, essentially, if they lose anything that they're not expected to lose going forward, they could really cripple themselves in, an, in a Mountain West tournament situation. So now they have to take care of business. They get a road game at Fresno State. That's one you have to win. I mean, Fresno State's not good. They're four and nine in the conference, but... I guarantee you it'll be their biggest game of the season on Saturday when San Diego State comes to town um, and they will be ready to play. So, you know, you can't, now you can't lose any of the games the rest of the way, essentially. Maybe you'll finish tied for first. Maybe you'll finish second. Either way, that's okay for the conference tournament. But if you lose one more, you may find yourself in that fifth, sixth area where all of a sudden the path even to a Mountain West tournament title is, is pretty dicey. No, they're going to get into the NCAA tournament sure. either way. Yeah, they're
4: they're going to be in the tournament. Nothing to really really worry about. But uh, man, I, that that tournament of these teams just cannibalizing each other is going to be it's going to be high drama.
5: Yeah, and and that's part of it as well. Uh, you know, you're comparing you're comparing this year's Mountain West, to maybe previous year's Mountain West teams, and that's not not really a fair comparison. When San Diego State ran through like last season, they weren't facing the kind of competition on a night in night out basis. That they've been facing this year in the Mountain West, the teams are simply better. There are more of them that are deeper. The competition is much better in the Mountain West. You can't expect to win quite as many games when you're going up against good competition. It's the same if you're playing in the, you know, the Big East. Yeah, of course you're going to lose some games sure. and you have to go on the road and play UConn and other good teams. It's like that in the Mountain West this year. You're projecting six teams in the NCAA tournament field. You got to play. That means five road games against NCAA tournament teams in their conference and sold out gyms, those are tough, tough games to win in college basketball. They'd be very tough for everybody, as UConn showed yesterday when they played one of their better teams on the road in the conference and got absolutely destroyed. Purdue lost on the road this week. They were number 2 in the country. Teams lose on the road in college basketball.
4: Aztecs have not been able to get that signature road win, though. Not in conference. Not in conference.
5: Gonzaga's still a a decent win. They have some good neutral conference wins. St. Mary's, who has barely lost since they played them, (laughs) is up in the metrics and is going to be the NCAA tournament. That looks like a really good win. So what is your message to Aztecs fans? Tranquilo? (laughs) Tranquilo. Relax, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to be nervous when yeah, they play it's cause if they don't make their shots, they're not going to win. <laughs> you just hope that Brian Dutcher, who has been there many times before, will, you know, have the right preparation, be able to say the right things to get his team in the right frame of mind where they're feeling confident and hitting some shots when it really does matter, which is not now. It's in four weeks from now when it's conference and NCAA tournament time. And that will determine whether this season is ultimately successful. A little bit disappointing in the end. Yeah, just they had so many chances to to you know. I mean, and again, they hung around and they
4: played really good defense. Yeah. when they needed to, had some big steals, some big blocks down the stretch, and just couldn't convert. And again, Jaden can't do it all by himself. I mean, he, he at one point he did three guys on him, turns around. You know, 10 feet away, pops one, tried the exact same play the next time, didn't fall, you know, so it was just one of those days. But I, I just continue to remain very impressed by him. I also continue to be very excited for the future. They've got some young kids, Benny, that are so flipping fun to watch. So, I mean, look, it's 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 a program that's in a good place and headed in the right direction as well. You can't really get too upset about a loss like that
5: last night yeah I, I don't think the officiating was as bad as some of the other games I don't think but, so either I thought it was actually pretty fair but there were I mean they only had two fouls called on them in the first what 19 and a half minutes of the game uh, which meant Utah State did not have to worry about foul trouble the entire game which is something that you know, the Aztecs have exploited especially at home when they get more whistles and Jaden has fouled out two players on his own yeah. Two fouls in nineteen and a half minutes. You got to tell me they, they missed a few, obviously, which is going to happen as, as well on the road in the Mountain West. It's just it's just part of the story when you're uh, when you're going on the road in this conference. So, not a bad loss, but I think it's just the cumulative every single time feeling this way, like you'd let another opportunity yeah. that was there get away. It gets frustrating for fans at some point seeing the same story play out, fall behind a little bit early. You know, fight, 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 fight. Catch up, get close. Don't get all the can't way get back. Over the hump. Yeah. Can't get all the way over the hump and end up with another loss. We've seen this, seen this story play out, and it just gets a little bit frustrating for fans. For sure, I but, get it. Yeah, I'm not, not saying Brian Dutcher has forgotten how to coach or anything like that. Guys, Com- got to make- calm down I, a little bit.
4: Wide open shots. You know, they're, they're not all going to fall, but. You know, like you said, you make half of those or a quarter of those. You probably win that game pretty easily. Again, I thought they got outplayed in the second half. I really did. Yeah. And every time I'd look up, I'd like, oh, they're down four. What, am, You know, nothing to get upset about right now. Um, Utah State didn't exactly throw the dagger in as much as they tried. No, they, they, were they missed they They're not a
5: great three-point shooting but, team, and they missed they, a couple of open ones that would have pretty much iced it. And yeah. I go, okay, they're keeping their... Keeping San Diego State around, but they still they ended up making like six or seven of them, and the Aztecs made three, two, two essentially yeah. three total, but that last one doesn't count to, for for much in my mind. So you're not you're not going to win when you miss two, 18 of your first twenty three point shots. Yes, yeah, no doubt. All right, um, let's. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. I saw more positive, glowing reports from Jackson Merrill's outfield transition already, which is very hard to say. Considering he hasn't played a single spring training game yet. I know he played like five games in the minor leagues in the outfield last season. I haven't seen any of the video from those games. But the general consensus around Padres camp is that he is making the transition to the outfield quite easily, quite seamlessly you know a couple things to work on in terms of going back to the wall and you should you see know. me in the batting cage ben or me on the the
4: driving range i mean it's going to be it's going to be so different uh probably as soon as tomorrow when if he let's say he's playing left field in the first game and somebody ass out slaps one down the line and the ball is spinning a certain way it's just there's nothing to, there's nothing that can prepare you for what it's like in game speed In a real game, bat off of the ball, not out of a machine or off of a fungo. It's going to be interesting to
5: watch. That being said, all he said yesterday, yeah, see ball, go get ball. See ball, go get ball. Yeah, if you can
4: dumb it down like that, great. And there's been, I mean, there's been, I don't know, thousands of guys that have changed positions uh, for the better and and gone to the Hall of Fame. You know, I've always been a catcher. Well, guess what? You're a second baseman now. Uh, It happens all the time. So. Uh, he's an athlete. I'm not too worried about it. He's got the frame. He's got the, the look. I promise you he's played outfield at some point in his life. I, I, he's going to figure it out because the, your other option is, okay, cool, go back down to the minors and play short. My, gonna, he's going to figure it out.
5: My question, and I'd I love to hear what some of the tier ones have to say in the chat as well on YouTube. Would you be surprised at this point if Jackson Merrill doesn't break camp with the Padres? And and perhaps is it even in the opening day starting lineup? Correct. I I think that's a really good question. You know, it's still to be determined whether the Padres make any other additions in the outfield. But at this point, you've got to think there are still two outfield spots very much open and up for grabs. And there's only been one name that has been getting any buzz. So far in camp, and it's been Jackson Merrill, and so far they seem to be laying the groundwork for let's get ready for this to happen. We're not going to force it if it really says to us he's not ready with his play, but I'm getting the sense that the Padres are planning on this to happen. They think he's ready. They've already made that determination kind of in their minds, and they're just looking for confirmation of what they already believe. And that is Jackson Merrill, despite only playing 40 plus games at Double A, is ready to make the leap and will be the Padres' likely opening day left fielder against the LA Dodgers. Less than one month from yeah, I'm, I'd be surprised now if he's not I, if he's not on the team. I feel the same way. It's the way that it, it feels like it's trending certainly, which is hard to say before the first spring training game has even been played and won't be for another 30 hours, but. It seems like it's trending that direction. All right, we'll continue to discuss that. Got Jason Stark's anonymous poll of executives about the offseason winners and losers. And Take On Woods coming up next. It's one thing
1: falling in love with a house and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a Realtor can make all the difference because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
5: Seeing a lot of head nodding out there from the Jackson Merrill opening day outfielder for the San Diego Padres camp. It's Bennett Woods, hour number two here on a Wednesday morning on 97.3. The fan Wesley makes a good point in the chat left-handed bat in Merrill. So yes, he'll start unless they sign trade for a player. I, I think even if they acquire one more player, he's still in good position to be one of the starting outfielders. If the Padres sign a center fielder, or trade for a center fielder, you could go with Jurickson Profar as your, your opening day left fielder, if you didn't feel like Jackson Merrill was ready. At this point, though, you don't really even have other options. I, there's got to be at least one trade or signing coming between now and opening day. I mean, we've, we've been saying
4: this like a mantra for 60 days, it feels like, and, and to get to this point and not be there yet is a little bit odd, certainly. Um, I don't I don't know how A.J. Preller feels about the the guys left on the market as far as, like, an Eddie Rosario. Is he healthy, by the way? Rosario, is he healthy? Um, I can't imagine he's going to cost a ton. Uh, I know Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's not coming in for a million bucks, but he's also not coming in for 20. You know, there's going to be somewhere. What would you guys guess for a Tommy Pham? Four, five, three, eight, nine. Everyone in New York thinks he's
6: going to the Mets because they put up a video of him... Warming up and yeah. working out in a Met shirt, okay. which, which, as we know, means, means he's already a- means there.
4: Absolutely nothing. So, I mean, what's what's Tommy Pham going to command right now? What is Eddie Rosario going to command? Um, do either of those guys do anything for you? Obviously, I think we're probably out of play for a Bellinger or somebody like that. As 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 incredible as it would be to be able to put Cody Bellinger in center field and Jackson Merrill in left field and Jerks and Profar and. And Sugar your fourth and fifth outfielders. That's a pretty damn good team right there. That said, Bellinger, I, I think, is out of the realm of possibility.
5: I think you'll get an idea of A.J. Preller's mindset, though, pretty quickly here in the first week of spring training. If, if Jackson Merrill is playing a bunch of center field, right. then they're probably a little bit worried about where they're going to find a center fielder. Like, hey, none of these guys, Michael A. Taylor even, that are still free agents, seem to be in the price range. So we're going to have to put someone out there. Someone is
4: going to need to man center
5: Someone is going to need to man center. It's Uh, not
4: Jerkson Profar, in my opinion.
5: I don't think so either. Uh, Jacob Marcy has played center out there as well. But he feels like he might be even further away than Jackson Merrill from the big leagues at this point. If Jackson Merrill plays primarily left field, which is what I'm anticipating in the start of spring training, then it tells me that that AJ's probably still got things cooking when it comes to a a more established center fielder. Now, you could start Sugar out in center field for for at least a time being. I don't see him being a 140-game starter in center field for at least the team that I would hope the Padres would want to be this year, but you could start him out there and Jackson Merrill in left. I think we're going to see mostly Merrill in left field, Mike Schilt did say yesterday he's going to play some infield, though, from time to time. They're not they're not giving up on Jackson Merrill as an infielder. He'll be at short. He'll be at second. He'll get some opportunities in spring to keep that footwork and uh, keep that part of his game fresh as well. So all options remain on the table when it comes to the Padres' top prospect, or and, at least closest prospect to the big leagues.
4: You know, and one of the the interesting topics that's been coming up is the flexibility that Eric Katsenda talked about, the flexibility that uh, A.J. Preller has spoken about as well. There's still some wiggle room there to spend some money. I think the billion-dollar question, or maybe the $20 million question, Ben, is why haven't they yet? And it's just not something we're used to here uh under a.j preller well, why ha- why
5: haven't other teams not done these same moves <coughs> of these players that are all available
4: I, it's a good question i mean I, I i don't know the answer all i know is that <laughs> there is there are a couple of glaring needs they have not necessarily been addressed yet dh being one of them uh, another outfielder being another one and you could certainly make a case for a starting pitcher or two um i don't know the answer to that it, it, the thing that scares me is maybe there's not as much, you know, Ray in the chat just said, well, they have less than $20 million to play with. I don't even know that that number is accurate. And I, I don't know that anybody really knows what number is accurate of what they have to spend and what they want to spend it on. It's also possible they don't
5: really love some of the players who are available. That when Since when has that stopped them before? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, A.J. falls in love with players pretty easily. <laughs> But I think if he doesn't like a player, he's not gonna he's not gonna sign him for any price. Hey, he's only a million dollars. Let's sign this guy. Yeah, but I don't like him. He's done that
4: before with Eaton and Doll and I, I mean, mean we didn't is...
5: like those players. I think AJ liked those players. Yeah, maybe. I think that's why he signed them. I don't know that he's going to sign a player he doesn't like. It's simply just weird. Because it's weird because they need that position.
4: It, the weird part is is that in the years before when you felt like the team was actually. Lined up pretty well and you had your starting nine, you had a decent bench, they continued to add. Now when there are clearly, clearly glaring holes, you're not adding those that you're not adding those flyers, you know? I mean you're just
5: not. You're not doing it. And I don't
4: know why.
5: Need a contestant for take on woods. Phone lines are open right now, wide open if you'd like to be our contestant. We had a winner yesterday, outright, qualifying for the trip <laughs> to Las Vegas, the concert tickets, the whole shooting match. Give us a call, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973, we'll play here in three or four minutes, but get on the line now, uh, Frankie, put you on hold. <laughs> Did get uh, some news yesterday from Dave Roberts, who announced that, barring anything unexpected, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto... That's in, the right. that's in the
6: report, that's in the report. No, that's all right, we can get oh, it
5: again. Right. We'll, we'll hit, hit it. it again. We that's can fine. hit it again later. Yeah, uh, fine.
6: The
4: long show.
5: Yoshinobi Yamamoto and Tyler Glasnow will be the two starters for the games against the Padres in Korea. As I speculate. My question for you is, since you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove are likely the starters for the Padres in those games, do you arrange it so you get the Japanese-Japanese matchup? Sure. Yeah. you know. Do you talk to—does Mike Schilt talk today? Hey, are we doing— Y- Yamamoto Darvish in the first game or the second game, yeah, or Glassnow, Musgrove. you simply ignore what the other team is doing and go, hey, we we want Musgrove to go first, and if they're going to do Yamamoto first, then it's that's the matchup. Or do you do you create a little theater? Do you create a little storyline and have the two Japanese pitchers pitching against each other? In Asia, in the same game,
4: I think you have to. I yeah, think it'd be I, incredible. I, you know, listen,
5: you know, don't, don't. I know what Major League Baseball would like. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's
4: exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, I don't. It's not a major concern uh, of mine at all. But I do think. I do, I do think
5: that would be really good theater. There has been. Um, I saw a stat yesterday. No major league pitcher has made their debut, their starting debut on opening day, in like 60, 70 years. And Yamamoto could be the first to do that if he gets the opening day start for the Dodgers.
4: Yeah, it would be pretty cool. There was some uh, an update. Kevin Acey uh, dropped a, a little update to a story he had written about Jackson Merrill. Uh, he said, You Darvish will not pitch in a Cactus League game until at least Sunday. Now, he was scheduled to throw tomorrow.
5: Uh, you Darvish was probably going oh, no, to throw. Oh, no, it was Musgrove the, and King. It's Musgrove and King. King That's right. is not going to throw. He's going to throw another side session, a live bullpen. Okay. Darvish has just said, I would rather throw a live BP, then get into a game this week. So he's pushing back a few days as well. So it looks like uh, Musgrove is going to be followed by Matsui and some of the other bullpen guys tomorrow for the, the Cactus League opener. I don't think this is... I don't think this is cause for concern on you, Darvish. Like he's not ready. This is simply how he likes to do his process, and it doesn't involve getting on the mound for one of the first yeah. couple of games of the spring. Nothing,
4: but nothing to get upset about. I don't
5: think I don't think it's it's cause for concern or something you should be worried about if you're a Padres fan. The, the reports remain very good on both Musgrove and Darvish on their health coming back from. Uh, you know last season's various ailments and problems that they're both feeling very good. Uh, Darvish seemed like he was a little less sharp, maybe in a couple of his his sessions, and he just would rather work, perhaps behind closed doors, as opposed to in yeah, the uh, as you it know, was reported, Puria uh, Stadium, yeah. as
4: it was reported, tinkering on the backfield. So yeah. The guy he loves to tinker, and uh, Mike Scheld said, "quote He's in a really good place, recovering well. It's just a matter." Of uh, he's earned the right to decide when he wants to compete in a game in spring training. And again, I love that. I think that's uh that's knowing your player and you Darvish has a way that he goes about his business, and uh, who who are we to question that, <laughs> certainly.
5: All right, let's uh let's take a little pause here for our <laughs> game, and it it's time to play Take On Woods. It's time for Take On Woods. Take on Woods. Take on Woods woods take out is brought to you by valvoline instant oil change it only takes 15 minutes and you don't have to get out of your car for directions and discounts go to socaloilchange.com that's socaloilchange.com woods has left the studio as anyone on the youtube stream can clearly see and we welcome brandon in as our contestant this morning brandon morning all right let's see if you can uh, join yesterday's winner and qualify for our trip for two to las vegas at the westgate las vegas resort and casino with their 70 million dollars in room renovations plus the tickets to air supply the duo continuing to play more than 130 shows a year worldwide they'll be at the westgate may 31st and june 1st at the international theater tickets are on sale at ticketmaster.com brandon here are your category choices this morning gonna be good the word gonna the key on all those answers call me jim musical artist named james and sailing the seas those are five different bands with names starting with the letter c so gonna be good call me jim or sailing the seas brandon what would you like to play
2: uh, let's do gonna
5: gonna gonna be good all right most musicians don't seem to think the phrase going to rolls off the tongue very easily so they often substitute it with the word gonna today on take on woods i've got five song titles that include the word gun prize drawing first question is our two second song italian paul will play a short clip of music uh you need to give me the title and the artist to score that point brandon are you ready to play yes sir frankie ready to go all right 60 seconds on the clock again the category gonna be good your time begins when frankie plays the music good luck brandon Let's take on Woods. Oh boy. Uh-huh. Which worldwide number one 1987 hit by Rick Astley is the song you play when you Rickroll somebody?
2: Uh-huh.
5: D. Snyder of Twisted Sister actually says the Christmas carol, O Come All Ye Faithful, was part of the musical inspiration for which rock anthem? Hello, Pat. What is the actual title of the 1988 song by the Proclaimers, usually referred to as 500 Miles? I'm gonna be correct. What is the title of the Oscar nominated theme song composed by Bill Conti for the movie Rocky? Oh boy, uh, Pat. go back to our two second song, Frank. Oh,
2: God. I don't
5: know the name of the song. Ah, that's a one-pointer. Brandon, put you back on hold. Don't think that's going to hold up. You got I'm Gonna Be by The Proclaimers. That was Are You Gonna Go My Way by Lenny Kravitz. Never Gonna Give You Up is the Rickroll song. We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. And Gonna Fly Now from Rocky and Bill Conti. Let's bring Woods back in for what I believe is an inevitable victory today in Take On Woods. He is on his phone. He is scrolling if he's, he's paying attention it would yeah, be a lot easier all right brandon's score is locked in woods doesn't get the category gives it a, an extra degree of difficulty for him reset everything 60 seconds back on the clock your time begins when frankie plays the music good luck woods let's take on brandon Are you
4: going to go my way, Lenny
5: Kravitz? Correct. Which worldwide number one 1987 hit by Rick Astley is the song you play when you rick roll? Never going to give you up. Correct. Dee Snider of Twisted Sister actually says the Christmas carol, O oh, Come All Ye Faithful, was part of the musical inspiration for which rock anthem? We're not going to take Correct. it. Correct. What is the actual title of the 1988 song by the Proclaimers, usually referred to as 500 Miles? Um... Um, I
4: know I'm going to be the... Uh, uh, th- 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 pass. Correct. What is the oh, title yeah. of the
5: Oscar-nominated theme song composed by Bill Conti for the movie Rocky? Um, gonna Fly Now. Correct. Yeah, I'm going to be. You said it uh, as oh, you okay, were singing good. it, so Thank I'll you. give it to you. 5-1. That is a win for Woody today in the category Gonna Be Good. Are gonna you, Be Good. Are you gonna go my way? Never gonna give you up. We're not gonna take it. I'm gonna be and gonna fly now. This is... Uh... This is some, like, interesting
4: breaking news. You guys see that uh, Eric Hosmer now has a podcast, and he has just tweeted about it. And I'm very interested to listen. I would like to maybe play the entire
5: thing on the radio. What's it about? <laughs> is it about baseball? So here's what it says. Ways it, to spend $13 million in your off time.
4: <laughs> $9 million a shot. Nine million or nine, nine minutes ago. Excited to take on this new challenge, Moonball Media, and our first project, the Diggin' Deep Podcast. The playing days are unfortunately over, but I'm committed to giving back to the baseball community that helped shape my life. Episode one, live now. Now, when I was out there waiting to come back in, I, I clicked on it, and he was talking about, and we'll, let's play some audio from it. Uh, he was talking about how he has been mischaracterized in the media. Uh, the very first little blurb and
5: clip that we saw, which is weird. I because he's talking about a lot of us. I would say I, I would never know. I've never spoken to the man. No, no, but we've characterized him sure. a few times, sure, as yeah. of other people in San Diego. Yeah. But I doubt it's the Kansas City media that he thinks has mischaracterized him. <laughs> this is going to so be riveting. Probably, probably about the San Diego media that he's talking about.
4: All right, so I want to I uh, pull some from this. I want to play that as well. Um, we'll do that later. We'll work on that right now because I have to hear it now. I need the melody to be resolved in my head. I want to I wanna share it with you guys as well. Um, Moonball Media is an interesting uh, name too for this media company.
5: So, it's, is that an official retirement announcement? I think so. As well? I think so. The playing days are over. He's I not have... going to try to l- latch on to any team at this point for the MLB I, minimum. I think it
4: sounds like it's over right now, but wouldn't you have called it if you were him? Groundball Media. That's a good point. Wouldn't that have been a little bit maybe better? You're mischaracterizing it's like, him? What's? It's like me calling Miami Miami. Uh, Slim's Media Company. You know,
5: most people who launch a new podcast love getting a little publicity. There, He's about to get some. Would he like to come on the show to talk about his new podcast?
4: would be the first time Ben and Woods have ever spoken to Eric Hosmer. Ever.
5: First time. Send that invitation out his way. All right. uh, Don't do this, though. It's it's coming up next. And uh, we didn't talk about this. There was a a football story from... uh, a punishment over the weekend that we yeah, didn't get a to PED as well. Action? So yeah, we can talk oh, about wow. some PED action. Oh,
4: and then one of the uh, coolest audio clips you are going I to like hear. This, one. this is really, really good for do
5: do this. A nice positive vibe story. All coming up after a check of traffic here on ninety-seven The fan. We'll be right back. <laughs> Don't do this.
3: It's time for.
5: Just looking at uh, the craft taco, where we are. Oh, is that what you were doing? A lunch here, yeah. Uh, we have uh, a sponsor for "Don't Do This." It is brought to you by the Craft Taco in Sorrento Valley. Craft Taco has some of the best quality tacos in all of San Diego. Go to crafttaco Take a look at their happy hour specials today. The crafttaco Sammy Levitt joining us in about ten minutes from Peoria, Arizona. Right now, though, Woodsy, why don't you uh, start us out with "Don't Do This"?
4: Man, I woke up this morning. And I rolled over and grabbed my phone and clicked on it. And I said, what in the world happened last night on on Twitter? Saw most of our fan base attacking our first baseman, sometimes second baseman, Jake Cronenworth, for a picture that was uh, released on Twitter. It was picture day yesterday. And as somebody that absolutely loathes picture day, I've never taken a good photo in my entire life. Now, I look in the mirror and I say, yeah, you could... You can stand to lose a few. I take my shirt off. And you can, yeah, you can, you can firm up a little bit. But I've never taken a good picture ever, never once. There's no good pictures of me that exist. There's one. It's heavily photoshopped. I still use it. It was taken 14 years ago. My very first media picture. It's still on my press pass. It's my number one. But he he shaved some off the sides. He he, you know, made everything look a little bit. It's better. not really you. Anymore. No, it's not even really me. My beloved Jake Cronenworth is there and. It's not the most flattering pose. I'm going to blame that, but I saw our, our fan base out there body-shaming our, our first baseman, Jake Cronenworth. It really bummed me out. It bummed me out.
5: So, SDFatLoss.com. Um, ben. Not for Jake. Not at all. For who? For anyone who does need to lose some weight without the addition of, um, you know, photographic magic. <laughs> Listen, it's very...
4: Does he not get like final approval? Because I've told Paulie and Adam. Adam, he's has... concerned about other things. You know, Adam posted a picture of us when they made us come in before our job here. Remember those awful pictures yes. they took of us with? We're holding baseball bats. It's terrible. When I see them, they make my i my taint swells up. I get so mad because I look hideous in them, and they just ran with them. And Adam puts him on, you know, everything. And it makes me insane. So let's let's support our guy. All right? It's probably the just the new unis, if I'm being honest. They hang a little bit over the, the belly. That's that's the that's my You're opinion. saying there's a punch. No, I'm saying that it's the new
5: uniform's fault. But he's also kind of like slumped down.
4: It's just not a good you need to give the guy final approval.
5: Yeah, have you ever stretched out your neck in a photograph? Bro, who make, are you talking to? Just to make it look like you have more neck? I make Ugh. people
4: take pictures from up high,
5: like looking up. So <laughs> just be nice to Jay. Come on, dude. All right, I will go to the NFL, uh, where Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, probably only for a temporary time now, Jimmy Garoppolo will miss the first two games of next season for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug Policy Now, it's not a four-game suspension, which is the typical steroid suspension. Oh. It's believed to be a prescribed medication without receiving the valid therapeutic use exemption. A lot of people are speculating this could be an Adderall-type Adderall. situation yeah, 100%. for Jimmy G. The consequences, though... Pretty large, And I'm not talking about simply two lost paychecks next season. The Raiders are expected to release Jimmy G before uh, the fifth day of the new league year next month to avoid paying an $11.25 million roster bonus. Now, that was likely to happen even had he not tested Correct. positive. But it also means that his guaranteed salary will likely void next year due to the suspension. He uh, could still latch on with another team, but it's a little harder to... Inner free agency when any team knows, hey, we can't have him for the first two games. And story coming out about Jimmy G that the Raiders have been frustrated with Garoppolo for some of the same reasons that the 49ers were frustrated. Quote, Garoppolo had a reputation for being aloof in San Francisco, which would drive detail-oriented coach Kyle Shanahan nuts. Particularly when it points to of the offseason, the Niners would have trouble getting a hold of him. Some of those problems carried over to Vegas, where a group that knew him, led by GM Dave Ziegler and Coach Josh McDaniels, had hoped he'd grow out of some of those tendencies. Aloof, hard to reach, maybe ben, a bit of a diva, ben, incredibly handsome, ben, Like sounds like someone you ben, know. Sounds exactly
4: aloof, hard to reach. I texted you guys last night. Incredibly handsome. I, I I texted both of you guys last night, trying to get a little, you know, get a little action going. Nothing, nothing. Not a, no. I sent something. You it sent something. back a couple, hours, back. Later, yeah, a couple but... hours later. I'm like, all right, well, guess I'll just hit the sack then. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, here, let's do 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 this. Italian Paul, hit it if you would. Got a the zone to the head. No, no, the do do. D D mega do do. Do you have that? D
5: D. Mega doo doo. We could just we, we could, could just do it. There it was D All right, that's fine. I have to. Do that's find fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, one of the one of my favorites it's on page fourteen C <laughs> of Polly's drops. One of my <laughs> one of my favorite voices in
4: sports has always been Gary Thorne. Always, he's just he sounds like baseball to me, and he sounds
5: like hockey to me. Retired a couple of years ago.
4: Yeah, he was kind of. Kind of retired of, hey, you don't really want to work here anymore, do you? Pushed him out the door by the Baltimore Orioles. He does some fill-in for uh, Italian Paul's beloved New York Mets from time to time. And uh, he got to do something really, really cool. Uh, He was on the call, Ben, for a high school hockey showdown between Connecticut's Kent School and Canterbury School. That's a good get. It's a really good get. But the cool part was he got to call his grandson's 20th goal of the season. Check this out. Got out of the zone to slipped ahead. Julian got it up Mahar. Mahar looking to center. It did.
2: Score! To Julian out in front! Goal number two of the game! And it's a goal-ahead goal! Five to four!
5: Pretty awesome. It sounds great. Sounds like he always did. Awesome and less. You're the student broadcaster who had to step aside for Gary Thorne for that game. Oh, give me a break. If you're the (laughs) student broadcaster
4: is when you say, I'd love to sit and observe you do this.
5: It was great. That's That's pretty fun. Don't do this. Don't and do do this for a Wednesday.
4: (laughs) That was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
5: All right. When we come back, we will head out to Peoria, Arizona. Our daily check-in with Sammy Spring Training. He's absolutely killing it. And tomorrow, he'll actually have games to get to go witness and cover as the Cactus League schedule gets underway. Update from Sammy coming up next with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, The Fan.
4: Oh, what a mensch he is, man. Adam Kluge just walked in, and he's all in a huff and said, Said said, uh, I'm going to go back to my office right now, and I'm going to listen to that entire Eric Cosmer podcast, and I'll clip stuff and send it your way. I said, please do, because if you don't do it, I'm going out to the couch where you napped the other day and just going
5: to listen to it. I'm fascinated by this. I'm curious how we have mischaracterized Eric how we got it wrong. As am I. Because that's, that's basically the insinuation... That Eric Hosmer said that he was um, now, misrepresented, yeah, it, was misunderstood by the fair, San Diego media. To be fair, have we,
4: have we played the clip yet? We have not. We have not. Okay. Well, let's talk to Sammy. We'll come back and talk yeah.
5: about this at 8. All right, and I want to play
4: the clip, and it's important you know, to, to
5: take context into it and all that as well. Let's check traffic, and then Sam Levitt will join us from Peoria, Arizona, next here on 97.3 The Fan. And Sam Levitt joins us right now from Pondre Spring Training, presented by your San Diego County Toyota Dealers Association. We make it easy. Good morning, Sammy.
8: Good morning, gentlemen. Woodsy, I heard earlier it sounded like you were looking for a little inspiration yesterday. Yes. The creativity was lacking, but... From what I just heard before you brought me on, sounds like right now you are inspired once again. I, I am <laughs> to uh, to address whatever's uh, on the podcast.
4: Well, and and only Eric Cosmer can inspire me, and, and so <laughs> Eric Cosmer and Bob Dylan's "Blood on the Tracks" are the uh, the two the two things that have inspired. It's it's, it's interesting, Sammy. It's interesting, and you know, I, it, there's always going to be, and you know this. You're in the media too. There's always going to be that. Media versus the players, players versus the media, front office versus the media, media versus front office. There's always that. You can get along, certainly. There's a, a um a a good chance to have synergy if everything's going, you know, well. When things get tough, when the going gets tough, that's when it gets a little dicey at times, Sammy, and you know this to be true as well. Um it's it's at the end of the day, it's not cancer. We're not curing cancer here or 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 anything like that. It's baseball, it's supposed to be fun. But it's also a business, you know? It's also a business, and everyone has to make sure that they're they're doing their job. And it, it does get – it's hard to navigate. I think it's harder than the, the average person understands. It is hard to navigate uh, this business for player and media.
8: Yeah, and I think you make a, a good point and a, a more general point in the sense of – I think people sometimes have to remember, and and I have not heard the podcast. I have not even heard any clips or or anything, so I'm not addressing anything regarding that. But just in a general sense, and quite frankly for me, somebody who came from the minor leagues, where you have a very close relationship to the players, and I'm the only broadcaster or quote-unquote media that's with the players every day and riding on the minor league bus. you you then show up in a major league clubhouse and there's a, there's a lot of media and, and, you know, there are some different uh, dynamics and, um, you know, certainly you you try to, you know, ask fair questions. You try to do your job, but also balance with the fact that you're dealing with, you know, these players throughout the course of an entire season. And, you know, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm I'm just kind of rambling here on, on the media part of it, but, for example, when, when we talk about last season here with the Padres, we had talked about it. I think, you know, the time and place for really focusing on what transpired last season probably was in the last week or so. But we will get to a point in spring training where you, you've sort of already asked all the questions you can ask about a year ago, and, and then you have to, to move forward and, and look towards what really matters on the baseball field for 2024. So, uh, yeah, it's it's always an interesting dynamic and in how you – You deal with it day-to-day and balance doing your job and asking good questions with, you know, the the fact that it is a very, very long season and and you interact with these guys on a daily basis.
5: You know, and and we'll bring this up again more in the next hour when we play some of this audio, but I think one of the questions that that I'll get sometimes is, you know, why why did Eric Hosmer get so much criticism compared to Jake Cronenworth? Both have been somewhat disappointing uh, offensively at first base for the San Diego Padres. Uh, you guys just like Jake better, so you treat him uh, you know, more kindly than you did Eric Hosmer. And for me, I think um it's the responsibility of the media not to make a player look good or to make a player look bad, but to try to understand where that player is coming from at the very least. Sure. And I know baseball is a very hard sport. And I will n I will always respect a guy who says I am. I am just struggling. It's. i terrible it's hard right, right now. now. Yep. And I felt like we got that from Jake when he struggled. He never. Sh- he sh- he never shied away from it. He didn't hide from it. He knows he's struggling. He admits he's struggling. He's continuing to work on figuring it out. And there's been some obviously criticism of his performance, but it, he's got some s- self awareness to it. And I think with Eric Hosmer, you always felt like he was also struggling, but he didn't bring that same self awareness about those struggles. To the position. And I think it's frustrating as a fan. So I try to convey that as a member of the media when a player doesn't seem to acknowledge what seems so obvious to the rest of us yeah. that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. Why can't you just say that? And we'll, hey, then we'll we'll let it be known that the guy knows he's struggling and you know, he's doing what he can to try to figure it out. But when you can't even acknowledge that it's hard to then be on your side and defend you and go, yeah, I I think this guy understands. He gets it. He doesn't, he he doesn't really get it. And Sammy, you
4: know, it. you talked to a thousand players in in your career, you know, there's guys that get it and there's guys that don't. And we always love the guys that get it and they may not be the best players on the field. They may be the Brian O'Grady's or the Matt Strom's or whatever, but those guys get it. They get it. They know, they know when to say like, now I'm, I'm I'm absolutely ass right now. You have every reason to boo me and and whatever. And I mean, what do you say? It's so disarming. Yeah, you will you better get it together. No. I mean, of course, <laughs> like like you you're a human being. You've got a family and you've got bills and mm-hmm. you've, you know, done this or done that. Like everybody understands that.
8: Well, we we took sort of a circuitous route. To getting to talking about Jake Cronenworth, but yesterday I recorded what what I thought, and I'm going to put clips out and put the full thing out. A really good one-on-one with Jake yesterday, and you talk about taking accountability and and acknowledging that the performance is is not up to to what your standards are as a player. And I think Jake has really done that. I mean, you, you'll see some clips of it later, but I. I dove a little bit deeper with him into that word he used the first day he was here. And that was the word vulnerable. And he described it as being vulnerable as a player during the off season and really having to learn about himself and learn from other players and how he can apply it to himself. And I just get the sense that Jake really took last season to heart. Now, how that translates onto the field this season, we'll see. And obviously there's no guarantee and we'll see, what the numbers are and what the production is. But after talking to him now a couple of times and, and really talking to him at length about it yesterday, and you said it would see, he took accountability last year and acknowledged the season he was having and, and everything that wasn't going right for him. I, I certainly think he's learned a lot of lessons. It seems that way to me, whether that translates or not to be seen. You certainly hope it does for for Jake's sake and, and for the Padres sake, but, Certainly, you know, when you talk about Jake Cronenworth in particular and in, in his season a year ago, I, I do think he clearly has put a lot of work in and clearly learned things from last season, and you, you hope it translates now into production on the field.
5: Talking to Sam Levitt uh, from Padres Spring Training in Peoria. and Sam, I think Woods asked you yesterday your impressions for – Jackson Merrill's transition to the outfield yeah. and how it's going ended up being a fairly hot topic yesterday. And and some of the comments that I saw from Mike Schilt and others were fairly glowing like this guy is taking it to it like a fish to water in the outfield and he's ahead of where Fernando Tatís Jr was at this point oh. last year not that that means he's going to win a gold glove or anything but platinum but. it or a platinum glove but it it certainly bodes well that that the transition is going smoothly what are some of the things that you were hearing yesterday as well
8: Look, I've heard a lot of the same things, and I'll go back to what I said yesterday. Everything I've seen so far and I've heard so far has been very, very positive. He looks comfortable. He looks good. He's certainly extremely athletic. He's got, you know, that long, lanky body where you can see the strides playing in the outfield and all of that. So I'm, I'm right there with kind of the rumblings from yesterday and some of the quotes that have come out in that he he looks really good. I mean, you know, I said it to you guys yesterday. I I think everything like this is really hard to judge when you're looking at outfield drills, and obviously you have to see what it looks like when he gets into games and potentially is playing left or playing center and has to take real reads off the bat in a stadium and dealing with the sun and all of it. But to this point, there has been nothing – that Jackson Merrill has done before we actually begin Cactus League games that would lead you to believe that he is not a real, real possibility and potentially a front runner for one of these outfield spots as this roster is currently constructed. So I've heard the same things as far as his work in the outfield. Everything has been really positive. Everything I've seen with my own two eyes has looked really good. We'll see how that continues as games begin, but I'm right there with you. Um, he, he has been very, very impressive so far, and you know, I think it was um, it was Ella who asked me on the afternoon show yesterday, you know, if I thought Jackson Merrill, you know, could could fit into this roster opening day for one of these spots, and I said absolutely. I mean, there, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, as currently constructed this roster. That everything they're doing with Jackson, the fact that they're working him out in the outfield, the fact that it sounds like he'll likely, you know, play tomorrow or play Friday. We won't know until we see the lineup, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is pointing all in that direction. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks, but I think it's very real. It's not just a, a young top prospect that you're giving some time to. This is not last year for Jackson Merrill when he was in that major league clubhouse. He is a real opportunity. And a real shot to to do something pretty special out of spring training here.
4: I'm excited about it, man! Excited about seeing uh, what he can do. You know, a name I haven't heard mentioned really, maybe since like the first couple of days. Uh, Sammy is Wusuk Go. I, I I saw one yeah. little um, one little clip. I think you posted of him throwing a pen. Is everything everything good there? Where's he slotting in? I haven't seen any video or anything of him uh, recently.
8: Everything is good. He threw a bullpen yesterday. It was the second. uh, Sorry, not a bullpen, a live BP, which are two different things. So he threw his second live BP yesterday. Um, I I haven't heard a whole lot as far as reports on how he's looked. And quite frankly, during the the formal media availability, I haven't heard Mike Schilt necessarily talk about him. So that's something I'll put on my radar. But as far as where he is and, and what he's doing, yeah, he's out there. And he threw another live BP yesterday. And, um, you know, we'll see how he ultimately slots into this bullpen and, um, you know, how that transition goes, obviously, to Major League Baseball. But, yeah, he's out there and he's throwing live BPs and um, put it on my radar to see what I can gather about who's to go.
5: You know, the, uh, the Padres' bullpen, if there's one area where you feel like there is some depth, that is it. And that means that there may be some good pitchers who don't actually make the team to start – the the season out of the bullpen. One that I'm looking at that we saw just briefly last year is Alex Jacob, and I don't know yeah. how much you've seen from him, Sammy. But I there are people who really think that Alex Jacob has a chance to be a, a top reliever for the San Diego Padres. Is he is he close to that yet, though, or is he getting any buzz right now in spring training? I think it's Alec.
8: Well, Alec Jacob. Alec, sorry, Jacob. not Alex. <laughs> yeah. um, he, he's throwing and he's thrown in the bullpen. It said he was going to throw a live BP yesterday. I didn't see him throw. I was kind of looking out for him a little bit. I, I'm not saying he didn't um, at all because a lot of the, – there's there's literally four live BP sessions going on at once, and it is very common if I'm at one for an extended amount of time <laughs> that I miss another. But um, he he's certainly been throwing in the bullpen, and he's here, and he's throwing, and he's participating in everything. So we heard from Mike Schilt early in spring training that if he was behind at all physically – that it was a hair behind, and, you know, I, I don't know what the likelihood is that he would, say, make the bullpen at a spring training. There are a lot of names here and a lot of experienced names in this bullpen right now, but he's certainly somebody that you can very easily see factoring in at some point during 2024, much like he did last season. But I can tell you he's here, he's throwing, and he's right in the mix. So um, I'm curious to see if he gets into a game here in the uh, in the first couple of Cactus League games and, and uh, goes from there. But everything I've seen as far as his workload and what he's been doing has looked fairly normal to me.
5: Well, we said that Alan Jacob is going to be yeah. really good. Bill Jacob. Alfred yep. Jacob. Arlo Jacob.
4: You're going to get to watch a baseball <laughs> game tomorrow, Sammy. And I know it's been a, a long time coming, and uh, I'm excited to talk to you about that pre and uh post on friday when we get the uh when we get all the information and and you know i think the game's going to be on espn of course you can listen to it right here on 97.3 the fan uh, but excited uh excited that you're you know get to stop watching practices and watch an actual game
8: <laughs> yeah it should be fun I'm i'm looking forward to it there's so much intrigue right i mean somebody asked me yesterday what the themes are of this spring training and there's a lot of them right there's rebounding after the disappointment of last year, all the new faces that are here, a new manager, but on top of it, and I think the number one theme is that there are just so many opportunities for so many guys with the way this roster looks right now. And obviously a lot can change in the next few weeks with the way this roster looks. And I think a lot of us here would still be very surprised if there's not another move or two made. And my goodness, look at the free agent market. I mean, it's just, it's just wild the names that are still sitting out there, but what it does provide is at this point, a massive opportunity for a ton of these guys. So it look the games are going to be really interesting and impactful. And I do get the sense that, you know, even though it's been said that spring training is, is a hard place to evaluate. Look, I think the Padres are in a position where they are going to have to evaluate yeah, what's no going choice. on here the last week and <laughs> a half. And, and in these games. So, um, yeah, from a baseball standpoint, and I've said it before, it is a really interesting spring training. And, by the way, when you talk about somebody like a Jackson Merrill, it's exciting because you watch him, and as long as he can transition to the outfield pretty well, and quite frankly, we can talk about the defense all we want. But if he can hit, and he can hit big league pitching, you know the defense i'm not saying it's uh you know it doesn't matter but we'll, f- we'll figure you know, it out won't matter as much yep <laughs> <All> right, <Yeah. laughs> the orchestra is
5: playing out for today sammy great job as always we'll talk to you tomorrow
4: all right talk to you tomorrow. thanks buddy
5: sam levitt from Padres spring training in peoria arizona we'll come back two hours to go well it's chomping at the bit to talk about eric Hosmer's new podcast we got our tier one tour Boston Red Sox uh, coming up and some interesting comments from their star player yesterday as well. All ahead here on 97.3 The Fan.
2: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Wake up!
4: Thanks for being here. Uh, I'm Woodsy. That is Italian Paul. Regular Paul is out today. Is sick, and uh, to my left is Benjamin Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor, longtime media member
5: here in uh, San Diego. Does uh, regular Paul, as you referred to yeah. him, have any beef with us because he got sick a few days after we were sick? I have no idea. I don't get mad at people for get and people are
4: sick. People get sick. It, it, it happens. I don't take it personally, you know. Now, if you walk in and sneeze, wipe your nose, and then rub it in my mouth, yeah, I'm going to punch you in your throat. But if you're just sick, and I happen to get sick, we work together, you know. I mean, look, there's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it. Um, so I, I, you know, people having beef with people for getting them sick is weird. Because prove it. Prove I got you sick. You know, prove it. There's no proof to it. So I he, I hope he doesn't have beef. I mean I'm sure he's enjoying sleeping in today. Feels good to sleep in, all jacked Not up that on great news when you're snacks. Sick
5: though, it never feels
4: that good. No, it feels pretty good still. Mm. It feels pretty damn good. I, you feel the anxiety of like missing a show and stuff, but that dissipates. I'd rather be
5: healthy at work <laughs> than sick.
4: at <laughs> Me home. too. Anytime. Yeah. anytime. I love I love this job. I love being here, uh, etc. But uh, Paulie is out. Hopefully he feels better. Italian Paul is doing a great job filling in uh, for him, as he always does. So, uh, you know, listen, the, the train keeps moving uh, on the Ben and Woods program this morning. And, yeah, it was interesting to see um, uh, 30 minutes ago, an hour ago, uh, Eric Hosmer has announced his retirement. Now, I'm getting a lot of questions uh, to the, the YouTube chat and to our Twitter, does that mean the Padres are off the hook? No. And the answer to that question is, no, they're not.
5: They're not. They're going they,
4: to uh, pay him, what, two, it, uh, two more years at 13 per, something correct. like that? God. Yes. Dang, that's the, good money if you can Eric get it. Eric
5: Cosmer has no obligations to the Padres. They traded him. He has been released. His salary obligations are all guaranteed going forward. Has uh, no relevance whether or not he's <laughs> trying to still be a major leaguer or not. It's. I mean, if no one signed him, you're essentially retired by force as opposed to by choice but it doesn't make any difference he doesn't have to be like working out hoping to get back into the big leagues to continue to earn his salary uh, it's up to him what he wants to do that money is uh, is coming his way no matter what
4: Yeah, and and the money is coming his way, and he's decided to take some of that and start a media company called Moonball Media, and uh, he is going to be doing a podcast. So let's play for you guys. We've been kind of teasing you for a while. Let's play you the the thumbnail version. Um, So what will happen is you go into a podcast, the producer will look at it and say, this is the most titillating part of it. This is what's going to – it's the hook. It's going to get you in. And uh, so he posted that, and I will say this. You hooked me. You hooked me right off the bat. So, well done on podcast number one, Mr. Eric Cosmer.
3: Check this out. There's a lot of bad media out there right now, and there's a lot of good media out there as well, but there's so much of it. Throughout my career, I've been in a lot of relatable situations to guys. You know, I've been the, the highly touted prospect, the big draft pick, but at the same time, I've been the guy, the bottom guy on the totem pole in kansas city i was I was the young guy I couldn't do anything wrong in Kansas City. you know they loved me out there. When I went to San Diego I'll be the first to admit the performance wasn't what I wanted it to be wasn't what I envisioned it to be. but at the same time, you know some of the stuff that was being being written or some of the stuff that I read or people had tell me was you know i wasn't I wasn't doing that due diligence in the locker room. I was actually doing the opposite of pulling people apart, and that's something to me where I felt like I was on an island right there. Like, I want to tell my story. I want to be able to tell people what's what's going on here, what's really happening. But I just didn't have that platform. And I feel like baseball players in general don't have that platform.
4: All right, so let's address a couple of those things. And I don't want this to be like a us against Hosmer thing because I really don't – at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, he's he's not here anymore, and he's not playing for anybody. But uh, And I also don't want this to be like, well, it's time for us to defend ourselves. It, there's nothing to defend. Um, I don't I can't speak to that characterization of Eric Osmer. Uh, I never heard that about him that he was pulling people apart in the locker room ever. In fact, I heard the literal 180 degree opposite of that. That he was to a man the best locker room guy in the history of baseball. <laughs> to a man. And 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 players would offer that up um unprompted they would ju- you would say, hey, how's it going? Good. Eric Hosmer is amazing in the locker room. I mean, truly, like it was ridiculous when Paulie and I went out and played golf with Matty Strom. We didn't bring up Haas, and he's like, bro, I got to tell you guys, man, Haas did this and that. And so you're like, man, these guys really did love him. I don't, I don't. The only the negative thing I really ever heard about him is he didn't work hard. That's it. And he didn't work on his defense. And I mean, I think it showed on the field. Did it not? I mean, I, I I that's the only thing I heard. And and again, just because you're not out there grounding, taking, you know, two hundred ground balls a day, maybe you do think you're above the mechanics of and, and the practice. Maybe you do. And maybe you're like, Man, I've got ten years in this, I've I've made some money, I want a ring. I'm not gonna go out and bust my ass when we're eighteen games out of first place. Now it's not what anybody wants to hear, certainly, but I mean, look, after fourteen years in this business. If Adam came in and said, "Hey, I need you to come in and work on reading liners better, I think we know what would happen. okay? so I'm not I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm also not making 25 million dollars a year either. So it, it all comes together and crystallizes in this uh, little form where where Eric Hosmer, he's not the victim in this. and, and I, I did appreciate when he said, you know, the performance wasn't what I want it to be because you made the point 20 minutes ago. We never heard that from him before. He never said. When they would ask him in the offseason, hey, man, like, you hit the ball really hard, but you just hit it on the ground. you ever thought about lifting it? No, I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I'm not, I know what I'm doing, and I'm not changing. That's what we got from Haas. At least that's what it felt
5: like. Well, that's what he said. That's what he said. I mean, he said it. What uh, What Eric Hosmer has shown us already, though, in just that one clip from his new podcast, is that he understands how to create a straw man— <laughs> that he can he can tilt at quite effectively. Because if you make the argument, hey, everyone said I was a bad guy in the clubhouse, he's going to have plenty of receipts that say otherwise. So when he then makes his argument and goes, hey, I've got this guy and this guy all telling me, everybody, I did everything I could to bring that clubhouse together. He's going to sound like, yeah, they were right. Why were they out to get Eric Hosmer? What was, well... Yeah, but no one that we know of was out to get Eric Hosmer, especially when it came to what was going on in the clubhouse. It was simply the performance on the field. And the receipts there are very obvious. It doesn't have anything to do with our criticism or fans' criticism of Eric Hosmer. He was traded away for J. Groom. Essentially nothing. Given away, given up, tons of salary eaten, because he had no value on the big league level anymore. That's that's all you need to know. It Believe me, if A.J. Preller, if other teams thought that Eric Hosmer was still a valuable baseball player, he'd still be playing baseball. He would have plenty of trade value. Padres could have gotten a lot of different things for him, probably got another team to have taken on a bunch of his salary. They could not because the other 29 teams realized what the Padres, unfortunately, also came to realize and that was as a first baseman, as an offensive player, at that point in his career, Eric Hosmer just didn't have big league value anymore. And the Padres were massively overpaying for something that you could get for essentially nothing somewhere else. And yeah. that was the problem for a team that was trying to win a World Series, that was trying to compete. They had a position where they were overpaying and getting a, a lack of performance consistently over the years. And that's why Eric Osmer had to go. It wasn't because we drove him out of town. Anyone else in the media drove him out of town. It wasn't the criticism. It wasn't anything said about Eric Cosmer that ended his relationship with the Padres. It was his lack of performance. Bottom line that caused his tenure with the Padres to come to an end.
4: Never seen a better baseball player in the month of April in my entire life, ever.
6: And if I remember right, the deal that they got for him wasn't the original deal. He, they had a trade made, and that was nixed by Hosmer. Right. Right. yeah. Which, yeah.
4: again, he and we said even on the air, he earned that right. He's earned yeah, that right absolutely. to veto that trade to the Nationals or whatever it was, and we ended up losing Luke Voigt in that deal. Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 look, I'm, I'm all for having a platform, sharing your side of the story, but... Um again production uh, always is going to speak the loudest I think and and I think you make a good point but yeah um he, that's a, he, I've always said he's a really dynamic guy and I was always kind of disappointed that we didn't get a chance to talk to him I and mean, we were together on the air uh for many many years we while wanted he was to we, hear we wanted to what hear. made
5: him so beloved that's we were a, very curious about
4: that 100% I mean and and the fact is he is he is revered by guys like Manny Machado, revered by guys like Jake Cronenworth, revered by guys that are in that locker room right now. And uh, across the league, you know, across the league, I have guys that I know that played with him in the minor leagues, said, oh, yeah, he's cocky as hell, but a really, really good teammate, a guy you want to go into battle with. I wonder if he lays in bed at night, Benny, and thinks to himself, yeah, that money that I got from San Diego was absolutely life-changing, but two World Series appearances, one ring with the Kansas City Royals, He's still beloved there, and he mentions that in the, in the podcast. I wonder if he thinks to himself, I, I would have taken half to just stay here, play out the rest of my deal in a place I was comfortable and, and beloved. He could do no wrong. He brought Kansas City a World Series ring. And, by the way, he was integral, integral. In bringing them a ring. He was phenomenal, which is why I think a lot of people were excited when the Padres got him. Yeah, you raised your eyebrows at the price tag, but you went, bro, this guy is an absolute leader. He's fearless. Like, he can lead us to a championship. Maybe be the first piece. But uh, obviously it didn't work, man, and and, and that happens, and and that's okay. But I don't know that you can say you didn't have a platform when – You could have had our platform five
5: days a week if you wanted it. Alex in the chat, or maybe it's Alec. I don't know. Ben is upset Hosmer never came on the show, LOL. I'm not upset upset or not upset. I am a little upset that Eric Hosmer is saying today that he didn't have a platform with which to share his side of his story in San Diego, because that is certainly not the case. There is never once did we ever turned down eric cosmer many times we I think he turned, certainly asked i think he canceled one on us certainly to we asked if he'd like to come on and and we would have loved to have talked to him um he was quoted many times i mean certainly talked a lot to kevin ac and the ut and there were direct quotes from eric cosmer there was no blackballing of eric cosmer from the media like we can't report on anything he says you know we're not going to let his story get out there was no conspiracy against eric cosmer when he arrived in san diego in the respect when you know San Diego media gets the reputation of being soft, I, I don't think any of us would have had a problem hoping Eric Hosmer succeeded. It was a, a good guy, easy to talk to, yep. loved to do stories on him. It didn't work out that way, but it had nothing to do with the media that it didn't work out for Eric Hosmer. It was simply Eric Hosmer's lack of production and how he handled that lack of production in San Diego. Plain and simple. That's why his tenure here was unsuccessful.
6: Here's a question that I pose to both of you, and this is, some, this is a point that I've used to defend Eric Hosmer for years now. Do you think a guy like Manny Machado comes here in free agency if Hosmer doesn't come here first?
4: I think the answer is yes, I do. Uh, I've heard that, that the narrative for many years. Um, Eric Hosmer came here because he got the most money. And Manny Machado came here because we made him the best offer. Xander Bogarts came here because he got the best offer. So the answer to that is yes. I don't think, I don't think uh, Manny is going to say, ooh, no, I'm, I'm going to be – I don't like being the only star.
5: I'm sure that's – you
4: know, No, I mean, not,
6: not as far as being the only star, but to legitimize San Diego as, okay, this is a place where it. big yeah.
5: – I, I think it was a factor. I think it was a factor, but I don't think, think the, it was a factor. But Eric Hosmer doesn't get credit for that. You know, Ron Fowler and A.J. Preller get credit for some vision, knowing, hey, we need to prime the pump if we want to attract other stars. But the fact that Eric Hosmer said yes to a massive contract and one that he wasn't getting anywhere else, he doesn't get credit for that. He doesn't get credit for Manny Machado or Xander Bogarts no. or anything else. That that belongs to Padres' ownership management for having that bold initiative to bring in a star. but. But Eric Hosmer doesn't get credit for that. I think you're right. I think it helped land other stars just knowing someone's done it. They've taken the leap, and there's another guy who's you know, getting some money. You don't have to be the only guy. I think it was hard for Will Myers when he got what, at that time, seemed like a massive contract from the Padres. What was it, $80 million? Yeah. And, and he had to be the only guy that was getting paid even $20 million by the Padres. And, and all of this pressure is then on Will Myers to be a face of a franchise that he was ill-equipped to be. Knowing that Hosmer was there probably made it a little easier for Manny to show up. It makes it easier, but again, the money helps. And and as Bernadette says in the chat, Yonder
4: Alonso, who played here and and had a lot, you know, he helped steer Manny in this direction too. So I, I'm not going to give Hos uh, any credit for that. I will give him credit again, as I said. For um, I I had, had talked to people in the organization that said before it didn't seem like there was a real pro here until he got here, and that's not a knock on anyone. But he carried himself. So much like a professional, the way that he dressed, the way he carried himself, like a big leaguer. You hear that a lot in, in when you're in those circles and guys talking about it. He did carry himself that way, and that
5: was important. Ultimately, though, and, and we'll move on from this a little bit, maybe we'll get some more clips a little bit later. If the leadership that Eric Cosmer was providing was so very valuable, why did they have the epic collapse in 2021 when he was on the team? And why did they struggle so badly in 2022 until he, he left the team? Yeah. And, you know, they, they played their best baseball at the end <laughs> in the playoffs when he was, he was long gone sure. at that point. Yeah, I mean, and, again. And you can say how much he contributed and how, how beloved he was. And he was. You didn't show it, though, with your play on the field. Correct. You may have been a happy clubhouse, but it certainly wasn't translating onto the field based on the leadership that he was providing in the clubhouse.
4: Yeah. No, I mean, but it, it's undeniable to a man. He is absolutely beloved by the guys that he played with, and you know I, I think the media uh, certainly soured on him. Um, I was one of his staunchest defenders for many, many years. Uh, and and I'm I look, I'm glad for him. He's a dad now, which is awesome. Go be a great dad. Do your podcast. I'll listen. You got me. You hooked me. I'll be listening to this on the uh, the drive to the dentist after the show today. I can't wait to hear it.
5: All right, let's take a time out. Uh, we've got our tier one tour. Uh, another of Eric Hosmer's former teams. The Boston Red Sox are in the spotlight today as we count down toward opening day. And uh, their star player, Rafael Devers, had some interesting comments yesterday calling out, essentially gently, but calling out Red Sox management for a lack of activity this offseason. We'll talk uh, Boston coming up next with Ben Woods after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan.
2: all right back on track on our
5: tier one tour counting down uh, one team per day uh, after we did a couple of yesterday a little makeup work uh, until the padres opener and we're still on the uh, the east coast we're in the al east this week and today's team on our tier one tour is the boston red sox uh, a lot of people's pick to finish uh, dead last in the American League East Indeed. this year, saw
4: Trevor May uh, yesterday did a, uh, his latest podcast, and he had them finishing fifth uh, in the AL East. It's it's a tough it's a tough division. There's no question about it, and I just don't know if they've done enough, Ben to, to you know, take the next step.
5: Well, you look at their offseason, uh, the losses outnumber the additions. Uh, Chris Sale traded, Alex Verdugo traded, Justin Turner lost in free agency, James Paxton lost in free agency, Corey Kluber retired, a few others gone. Uh, the key additions, probably headlined by Lucas Giolito, who is a... Probably going to be their number one pitcher going into the season, but has not thrown like a number one pitcher the last couple of years. So they're hoping for a big bounce back uh, from Giolito. They've also picked up Tyler O'Neill, Von Grissom, Liam Hendricks. Just signed a d, uh, you know, a d. I think it was a minor league deal. No, uh, it, was two, is it, league? it was two year, year major deal. league okay, deal. Two, two yep. year major league deal. But, but he's
4: he's not going to be back uh, for, for a while. Okay, I believe so. he's
5: still. Battling through and uh, the lack of activity led star Rafael Devers uh, yesterday uh, to gently criticize his own team. I would say, I'd say this is critical, though. It says they need to make an adjustment to help us players be in a better position to win. Everybody in this organization wants to win. We as players want to win. I think they need to make an adjustment to help us win. I'm not saying the team is not okay right now, but they need to be conscious of what are the weaknesses and what. We need that is an indictment of your own management not doing enough to fill a team's needs in the offseason, which uh, is certainly a familiar story for Padres fans right now in San Diego. Yeah,
4: it's 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 pretty that's about as as it's about as clear as as you can say is we need more. You know we need more. We needed to do more this off season, and there are guys out there that could potentially still help us. Um, we need those guys, and and Rafael Devers is is, is a superstar. He's one of the, he is just an unbelievable baseball player. They signed him to a long term extension, so now he's going to be that guy, that voice that is the one lobbying for more players, Ben. But I look at the team uh, as it it's currently uh, assembled, and I see yeah, I see a fourth or fifth place team. Uh, honestly, Giolito Nick Pavetta, uh, Brian Bellow, um, Tanner Houck, guys like that. That's going to make up your rotation. Their bullpen is 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 okay. It's okay. Um, but they've got Kenley Jansen at the back end as they wait for Liam Hendricks. And, again, this is a team that, that the Padres have been closely connected with because everyone seems to think A.J. Preller is high on Jaron Duran in center field. But I don't know. They're, I, I don't know who they they would play in center field if they traded Duran, who's got five more years of, of control. Um, so I I don't know. But uh, I've also heard A.J. Preller interested in Kenley Jansen is another name. Well, that's been my sources,
5: around. and I do have sources on this one, have said there have been talks <laughs> between the Padres and the Red Sox about Jaron Duran and Kenley Jansen. It's more the Red Sox are trying to get rid of Kenley Jansen Correct. and think eh, Padres will take him uh, if we can also trade Jaron Duran. They're desperate for an outfielder. But the asking price has just been insanely high from the Red Sox side, and the Padres have no interest in partying with top prospects for a player that even Fangraphs is projecting. This is Jaron Duran's projection this year. 256 average, 318 OBP, 423 slugging, 13 homers, 23 stolen bases. Not... Not horrible, but certainly not a player you consider an all-star or an elite caliber player that you're willing to both give up top prospects for and take yeah. on salary you don't really need at this point. So yeah, you might be interested in Jaron Duran. He's left-handed. He's young. He's controllable. He's cheap, but it's just, he's not that good. And you don't give up your top prospects for players who aren't that good. Is
4: that, are they asking for like a Lesko or a Snelling? Yeah, or, yeah. that's what
5: I've heard. That's what, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, and Pass. plus. Plus. Like like Snelling plus pass. another like an Ariarte or something like that. He's like, no, no,
4: come on, no. I, I mean, Craig Breslow, you've been in the job three weeks. AJ Preller's been here nine years. This is like I said. If you want to fleece him, go fleece him, but
5: not for not for guys of that kind. Of I, I, you know, my understanding is that those conversations have been very short and yeah. like okay, we're nowhere near here. So let's uh, let's pause. The Red Sox obviously they need Trevor Story to be more like the Trevor Story with the Colorado Rockies than the oft injured one that he's been with the Boston Red Sox. Uh Tristan Cassis is uh he's got he's got some power, de- decent player there at um first base for them, but yeah, it's not a lineup that that puts a lot of fear into you after Devers and it's not a rotation that scares you very much. It's simply a a div- a, play- a team that's not going to play well in a division that has the Orioles, the Yankees, The The Rays, Rays, the Blue Jays, Jays, all in that division. They're they're clearly a notch below those other four teams. Yeah, they're a few years away. And uh, that's our look at the Boston Red Sox on our Tier 1 tour. All right, we'll come back. Um, If you want to join us, 833-288-0973. Some of the topics we've had on Eric Hosmer and the Padres certainly are fair game. also want to bring up the, uh, the good news, potentially, for San Diego State. Their new football coach, Sean Lewis, access... To the college football playoff for the first time now yeah. they're, not, they're not that close to it yet but right yeah at least there's there's sure. there a pathway now to reach that college football playoff after what happened yesterday we'll get to that coming up next with Ben woods on san diego's number one sports station 97.3 the fan Eric Cosmer retirement announcement and how this affects the San Diego Padres financially. So let me just quickly go through this as I understand it once and for all. Doesn't affect them at all. They still owe every single dollar Woo. remaining on Eric Hosmer's contract. In fact, yes. I believe they've already handled it. When the Padres traded Eric Cosmer to the Boston Red Sox at the deadline in 2022, as Jeff Passon reported on that date, as part of the deal, San Diego will be paying all of the approximately $44 million remaining on Hosmer's $144 million eight-year contract, which runs through the 2025 season. So the Padres at that point made arrangements to send money to the Red Sox. The Red Sox then owned Eric Hosmer's contract at that point. Correct because they traded him to the Red Sox. So the Red Sox have his contract. They all as all of his rights. The Padres now have nothing to do with Eric Cosmer. They simply sent the Red Sox the money to cover all that salary. Now, at the end of that season in December, the Red Sox DFA'd Eric Cosmer. So they gave up his rights as well. Now, they, they have to pay him the money, which they got from the San Diego Padres, because still owed that on his contract. He then signed with the Cubs the next season. They only had to pay him the minimum and then the rest of that was still being paid off by the Red Sox through the Padres, they also DFA'd him. So they have no rights to his contract as well. There's no Major League Baseball team that has any claim over Eric Hosmer, which means he can still retire, not retire, do what he wants. It's his life. It's his choice. But that money's already accounted for. It was sent off to the Boston Red Sox to pay for Eric Hosmer's contract when they traded him for Jay Groom at that point. And that's the last the Padres have anything to do with Eric Cosmer going forward. There's and it no, doesn't
4: count against tax or luxury. I, I, or, there's
5: definitely no actual savings, and I don't believe there's anything with the uh, the luxury tax as well that changes. The Padres made that commitment part of their part of their books, part of their CBT number over the years. Offset, averaged over the years uh, for the eight <laughs> years that Eric Cosmer was signed, and nothing about that changes based on Eric Hosmer announcing his retirement or not. He could change his mind today and unretire. They're not gonna just they're not gonna just change the numbers day to day based on how Eric Hosmer wakes up and says, you know what? I don't think I'm done yet. I want to play again. I'm now unretiring. Oh, now the Padres owe a bunch more money. It doesn't work that way. It's already been dealt with. It's already been done. It's in the past. Nothing about this affects the Padres in the future. It's simply over. And and people are bringing up Steven Strasburg, different situation. When Steven Strasburg signed his extension with the Washington Nationals, big money, what over $200 million extension following the 2019 World Series, he remains an employee. They own his contract and his rights, and he still is a member of the Washington Nationals. So if he decides to retire, well, he has to work that out with the team that continues to employ him right now. That's different. Eric Hosmer doesn't have a team employing him. He doesn't have to work it out with anybody when he retires. But with the Washington Nationals, Steven Strasburg can at least be argued to have some obligations to that organization still as they continue to pay him. And as the reporting goes, the Washington Nationals, not that happy to have to pay all that money, are trying to get something for their for their money and get him to at least show up to spring training, yeah. be a mentor of some sort. That's tough. I don't man. know that they're going to really get anything out of it. It's just a bad look for kind of everybody involved. They don't look good. Strasburg doesn't look that great. It's kind of a bad situation, um, and they're just frustrated that they owe a bunch of money that they didn't get anything for. He threw thirty innings after he signed that contract extension. That's brutal. Man. And while he is yes retired because he physically can't, can't do pitch it anymore. Yeah. They can't get out from any of that money either. They're hoping that maybe to make life easier, like, hey, we won't ask you to come show up and sign autographs or do anything, but maybe you can defer some of that money extra and make things a little bit easier for us. But Steven Strasberg's is under no obligation to actually do that, and we'll see if the Washington Nationals really make him – sit there during spring training in a dugout somewhere just to justify some of that contract. But which is different nuts. different situation than Eric Osmer. They Padres don't even have that right. They can't even make Eric Osmer show up and mentor young <sighs> players or you know, organize fun clubhouse games to make everybody be happy because he they do not have any rights to him. They gave those up when they traded
4: him. Yeah, okay. So I feel bad because uh, Adam ran back and pulled a bunch of clips from the Hosmer podcast, but I don't care anymore, so we're okay. not going to play Then that.
5: let's uh, check traffic no. and we'll come back. Sorry about that, Adam. And we'll discuss the, uh, the big news in college football yesterday that changes the landscape and how. It changes the landscape for teams like San Diego State, teams like Notre Dame, the team that Woods uh, pulls for as well, and how it doesn't really change things much for teams like Alabama and Georgia and Michigan. That's coming up after traffic here on 97.3 The fan. No, you said it did it. It said it did. It counts completely like it always did against the luxury tax, against the CBT. Nothing changes. I said. I thought I asked yesterday
4: if he was if it counted against the tax.
5: It absolutely does. Nothing has changed. When I say nothing has changed, got it, got got Nothing has changed from yesterday because, as I said, he could unretire tomorrow. Nothing will change. It doesn't matter what he decides. What he says. The obligations all remain the same. Cool. All right. uh, As we know, college football is going toward a 12-team playoff. That was decided a while ago for next season. What was not completely known, though, was the format and the selection process for those 12 teams. But yesterday, uh, the College Football Playoff Board of Managers unanimously approved a model that will set up a 12-team playoff and guarantee the five highest-ranked conference champions' inclusion in the 12 plus seven at-large teams that will join those five to create the 12-team tournament that they will play every December and January to determine your college football champion. And why this is good news, I, I think a lot of people are thinking, wait, five? Oh, they left out Mountain West again. They left out the AAC again. Uh-uh. There's only, five, there's only four big conferences That's now. Right. Pac-12 is gone. So we're talking about the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Big 12 as the Big Four, and then the fifth will come from likely either the Mountain West or the AAC champion each year that will get that automatic berth. So if a team like San Diego State runs the table, has a great season, or even has one loss and wins their conference and is the best-ranked team out of those non Schools from those four conferences, there will be a spot in the college football playoff for a team like San Diego State going forward. And I think that's what everybody, you know, that's what everyone was clamoring
4: for. Is is yeah, you're not, you're you're probably not going to win a a chip, but you want to know that you've got a shot at winning a chip. That's all I want. That's all you want is a fair, well, not fair, an equitable way of of hey, if we win and take care of business, we will move on. Uh, and we don't have to go play in a peach bowl or something somewhere or the El Paso bowl. Like, if we do what we're supposed to do and take care of the business that's ahead, we have a legit shot at, at going out. And you never know the way that the ball will break. So um, it's well, for anyone that's poked holes in this. What are the holes that you would poke in it? That's the thing that always me. Like, cause you look at it, you know, in, in a vacuum and say, yes, that's what we needed. We needed more. We needed more teams that were that were able to to be in the hunt. If you're poking holes in it, what's so here the here holes? are
5: the holes that I could poke in it. So under the format that they approved yesterday, the top four conference champions, which they're wink wink, are assuming are going to be the four power conferences remaining. Their champions will get the four buys. Okay, so there'll be eight teams that play a first round matchup those four winners will go on to play the four teams the conference champions that get those buys in the second round but there could easily be a situation where for instance let's say Georgia goes undefeated but then Alabama is like clearly the number two team their only loss was to Georgia they won't get a buy they can't be the number two team and the, the best they could be would be number five in in the seedings. right so they can't get a buy if they don't win their conference even though they may be clearly, the second best team in the country. Only the conference champions. Now that's interesting. Like the ACC winner. Like North Carolina could win the ACC at nine and four and they'll get a bye, they'll get a bye. Whereas a, a twelve and one Georgia or Alabama that only lost in the SEC championship, they're gonna have to play that first round game. And you could kind of poke a hole there. But that's that that it behooves you to go out and win your
4: conference yes. and and, and... We, you know, win that, win that conference Which is why
5: Notre Dame fans are also, some of them, crying foul, because no matter what Notre Dame does, they can't win their conference because yeah, they're not in a conference, which means they have no avenue to get a bye. Correct. The best ever. they can possibly ever do would be the five seed in the college football playoff playing the 12 seed in the first round I mean, and you get have bu- to play that extra game. You get
4: a bye when you don't play a conference championship. That's, that's a bye. You don't have to play that game,
5: so... That makes sense. You're a very re- you're like the most reasonable college football Notre Dame fan that exists. Well,
4: I've been it's been beaten <laughs> out <laughs> of me. Wait oh, really. a
5: wait a second. Hold get, on. Hey,
4: get bent over a few times by Alabama and teams like that in the playoffs, and
5: you go all right. And you know what? If you're the five seed, you're probably playing a kind of a weaker twelve seed. You got a good chance of getting a win in one of those playoff games.
0: Hundred percent. I have
4: nothing
5: to <laughs> complain about.
6: Are we suggesting? Did you just suggest that? Because Notre Dame does not play in a conference, they should not they should get an automatic buy. No, no,
4: no. They get a buy by not playing a conference championship. Well, there, there's no game. There's no game to play. Let's say that it's no, like a Notre Dame. Went
5: 12 and 0, yeah, and I destroyed and 0. everybody, they're number one in all the polls. Best they can do is five. The best they can do though is five. They will not in the get no, a I, I
4: that
6: season. I get that.
4: But we also don't have to go up against a Division opponent in w- one game for all the Marbles. So that, that very dangerous. It's game. a dangerous game. Ask Georgia, ask Alabama. Like, you get a bye by not playing a game. You don't have to play a conference championship. So it's, that's why I think it's actually kind of, if you're going to be an independent, that's kind of equitable.
6: If you're Notre Dame and you want to buy, do what every other athletic department it, at that university has done join the ACC. It's that simple. Join the ACC. Yeah, and when you're it's... when
4: you're conference, sure. But if you if you don't have to, and you're they're throwing money at you, and they keep giving you money, and you have exclusive tea, you're like, why the hell would you? Why would you share it if you didn't have to? If yeah. I if they started paying me five million dollars a year, am I under any obligation to
5: be like, you know, I need to take care of the rest of the guys here at ninety seven three make a better, stronger know, team? No, I, I would think if Notre Dame schedules right, and they. They, they have a lot of experience do. in putting together their schedule. They usually come in that, you know, six to twelve range most years, which will get them into the playoff most years. Hundred percent Based on what Notre Dame has been. Who's
4: in got a better? Who's got it better? That's it's great. not
5: a bad situation. Coasting off a reputation
6: you built in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. That's what you're doing. That's what Notre Dame has been doing. Is coasting off a reputation they built 40, 50, 60 years ago.
4: But it's it's not. It's, it's not coasting if you still schedule tough opponents, beat set opponents, and yeah, you you lost in the playoffs to, you know, the Patriots of college football a couple of times. They're not the only team that's gotten bodied by Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, like, I agree. Like, did they belong in those games? Yeah, they earned their right to get in those games.
5: They also earned the right to get the ass kicked out of them, and they did. So the other proposal that was shot down, and this would have probably driven people it's, absolutely it crazy. It sounds a little sour grapes. No, it's not sour grapes. It's why. Why is Notre Dame still special? If you're still
6: winning, then yes, I understand. They're winning.
4: They still win. They average nine wins a season, ten wins a season.
6: What, have you won a playoff game? No. But so there you go. Most That's teams not most
4: teams haven't.
6: Most teams haven't gotten in because they're not good enough. It, they don't win enough games. Because you're not in the top four, you're not one of the four
4: big conferences. But you know what I'm saying? If you're if you're the if you're the five seed. Or if you're if you go undefeated, you run the table, which is possible. You know the Irish play a, t- a tough schedule, but they don't play the hardest schedule in the world. They've got their cupcakes, just like Bama does. Just like, but you know they're going to get their their SEC games and all that. Um, I don't even know where I was going with this, but I, I that's why I think it's fair. You'll never. So this should make you happy. If you hate Notre Dame, this should make you very happy.
5: Easier to get into the playoff, harder to win it. 100%.
4: But they're 12-0, and 0 and they can't get a top four. That'll be true of, they of, can't get of
5: every team. Even the teams that get a bye. You now have to win three playoff games to win a championship rather than two. It's much harder to do that. That's It's going to be harder to win a championship through the playoff than it was before. Now, the other proposal that would have driven people <clears throat> absolutely insane was they were going to guarantee the top four teams in the SEC and the Big Ten spots in the championship playoff. And then the other four teams would be culled from the rest of college football. So a full two-thirds of the playoff was going to be filled automatically by the SEC and the Big Ten at the start of the season. Like I mean, and You was, finish fourth in the Big Ten, you're in, no matter you, what. Right, but you, And it would have driven people insane. Going, that's true. That's favoritism. You're given those two conferences – a leg up on everybody else. Ultimately, they'll probably be eight or more SEC and Big Ten teams in the playoff most years. But you know what's going to happen
6: is Notre Dame's going to go undefeated. They're going to have. They're going to get into the Final Four. No, they won't. Gonna sit. They can't. They can win
5: their way into the final They four. could. They can win they their can first win game. They can win their way you know, into the, the final, final four. four Then they'd the be total. in the final eight, yeah. and then they win another one, they can get to the final four. They'll get into
6: know. the final four. They'll get the doors blown off by Alabama or Georgia. They'll go, oh, well, we had to play an extra game. If you would have joined a conference, you could have true. gotten a bye. That's and true. Poss- and you don't have that excuse. Which, and
5: then they, which is the what they've done and still gotten their doors blown off. So I don't think there's much of an argument there. But I, I think most years, here's how it will play out. Your four conference champions will get in as a bye. You'll have your Mountain West or AEC champion in as one of the other teams. Yep. You'll have seven at-large teams, and most of those seven will come from the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, maybe all of the seven which, in some years will which, come again, from the SEC and the Big Ten.
4: Does, is anyone mad at
5: that? But you'll have eight or nine teams from those two conferences, and maybe there'll be a spot for a Notre Dame, or maybe there'll be a spot for... One or two second place teams from some of the other, you know, the Big 12. But ultimately with no Texas, with no Oklahoma in the Big 12, there just won't that, that many playoff caliber teams from conferences outside of the SEC and the Big 10. It will be an SEC and Big 10 party, and there will be a couple of other invitees. And what is it now? The same thing. Says
4: SEC and Big 10 party. I mean, listen. I can't take this guff from a Penn State fan over here. You know what I mean? Talking about coasting on reputation. I don't want to go down the reputation road right now. Calm down. Penn State Calm fan down with here. that. All right? Calm down. Okay? With that. All right? Happy Valley. Why do they call
5: it Happy Valley? <laughs> it doesn't seem very happy to me based on some of the stories <laughs> I've heard out of there. You like white, though, the, like clothes, white shoes. I do. Like, they white, wear those I white uniforms. White all...
4: These are like my Penn State kicks. I there you go. Exactly. how yeah. boy. You like those? I love them. Some Stan Smiths. missus just uh, bought them for me.
5: All right. uh, Everyone's loving a little Italian Paul today. Feistiness. I love
4: how feisty he is. He's got that Italian in him. get
5: a little extra Frank Marchese coming up in the Italian Paul Reindel report. That is coming up next with some headlines, probably some auto racing talk, knowing Frank. It's all coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Our Benelitz is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Going until 10 o'clock. Annie and Elston coming up at 10. Tomorrow, they will have a uh, shorter show as they lead you into some Padres baseball at noon. Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr. with their first call of the season. The Padres nice. against the Los Angeles Dodgers in the very first exhibition spring game of them all oh, this year.
4: I'm going to overreact. Like a madman, and I
5: can't wait for it. My first overreaction of the season comes tomorrow. Are you uh, are you of the mind that you shouldn't show your players like Joe Musgrove is pitching against the Dodgers, and you he's know, supposed to be pitching against the Dodgers in Korea? Why give them an extra look? They've at done Joe? this.
4: They've done this little this little waltz these two teams for the last couple of years. As you know, the the Dodger fan and Dave Roberts vehemently not. Actually, no. I will take that back. Dave Roberts has said it's a rivalry. Uh and so if several of the players, the fans will say, "No, no. Listen, man. Uh I you need to get your guys work when you need to get them work. Who cares who's on the the mound? You're not It's not like Joe Musgrove not pitching for his job tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like go out and get your work in, locate, mix your pitches and do your thing.
5: It's interesting. These will be the only two meetings between the Padres and the Dodgers <laughs> of the spring, even though yeah. they're only about 15, 20 minute drive from each other, they won't play again until Korea. So I mean, they're, they're getting them out of the way very early, these two matchups. If you're
4: really going to do that bit. I mean, you know, like, it's not like they don't have reams of film on Joe Musgrove, right? It's not like they don't have reams of film on every single guy on the squad. So and, I, this isn't football. Uh, I would just go out and and get your work in and and stick to your plan.
5: And if you want to take it to the extreme, they now have those pitching machines where they can simulate actual people. Like if you know you're going to face someone, you can go into the cage and program, all right, we're about to face Tyler Glass now, which, by the way, Dave Roberts tip, Tyler Glass now will be one of those pitchers. So if, if Jake Cronenworth wanted to, he could spend all month going into the cage and going, I'm getting ready for Tyler Glass now to make sure I get off to a good start i'm gonna see five hundred at bats against Tyler Glass now between now and Korea because I know i'm gonna be facing that guy two or three times in that first series
4: yeah, it's pretty cool when we were out at fantasy camp um this is not a uh this was like um after games were over, they brought in the strength and development guys and a couple of the the development players and they taught they taught us about the foam party, and the foam party is you know. You go in and you, you you program your machine to the guy you're going to be facing tonight and, and throw his pitch mix in there. He's got a upper nineties fastball, pitches up in the zone. He's got a slider that does this speed,
5: amount of break. They've now, got data on all of it, and it's now.
4: great. And and but what they don't they don't do is they don't use real baseballs because you got a game in an hour or two, and you're going out there to prepare, and you're getting ninety eight on the hands and like so they they started using these foam balls and so they go in there and they hit the foam balls and they said it's just been really great so um yeah you can you can really there there's not a lot of secrets anymore everyone's like kind of looking for the edge and, and there's just not a lot. There's plenty of film on these guys. Uh, no need to, to to worry about tipping a hand. It's not like you have an offense in place that you're going to institute for that game. You're going to see the ball, try to hit the ball in the gaps and score runs. The will be running the West Coast right, offense exactly. against like, the Dodgers. There's, in not, there's not some <laughs> secret play that Mike Schilt's going to run or anything like that. So just go out and get your work, stick oh to your plan. Oh, my God,
5: it's a double reverse. I, I We've never seen this, this yeah. in baseball
4: before. Exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, the, the foam party's pretty cool, man.
5: All right, let's get some headlines. It is time for Frank, the Italian Paul Rindle Report. And get things started here with our edition, today's edition of the Rindle Report.
1: Now
3: tune into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report.
4: All right, Take us home, Italian Paul. You need your own intro, by the way. All right. Turn the mic on. Yeah, but it's
6: radio. This is how this works. You <laughs> need to turn the mic on in order for everything to go properly. This is radio professional here. boy. <laughs> All right. So you wanted it first. You guys both asked for it. So I'm going to give it to you. You guys wanted it. This past weekend. Oh boy, here we go. Was the Daytona Super Speed Week. Pay
5: attention, Benny.
6: To open up you you the 2024 NASCAR I season. I know
5: who won the race. I bet you couldn't tell me. Kyle Yarborough.
2: Wrong. <laughs> oh, all right.
6: <laughs> Very nice. Uh the uh Cup Series qualifying, fastest qualifier was Joey Logano. Ford locked out the front row on Obviously. Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday, the duels. Duel number 1 won by Josh Reddick. Duel number 2 won by Christopher Bell.
4: Former Oakland A's
6: outfielder, Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Not Josh Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Wow. His brother. Okay, yes. Brother former
4: A's outfielder, Tyler won.
6: Tyler (laughs) won the race. See, we've had baseball talk before, so I've already lost it. Uh, In that first duel, by the way, Jimmy Johnson, El Cajon Zone.
5: There you go. Localize it for me. Yes. Need it to...
6: Yeah. needed to race his way into the Daytona 500 for the first time in his career. He successfully did that with a pass off of Turn 4 on the final lap. A good move. Yes, it was it's a
4: very good move.
6: Uh fr- <laughs> Friday night's truck series race saw Nick Sanchez win his first career race as a wreck just completely filled up the backstretch behind him. Both races on Saturday and Sunday were postponed to Monday. Xfinity was supposed to be in the morning. They, uh, oh, the, the Cup question. Series. Can yes. I interrupt
5: you? I'm sorry. Yes, of course. Because I, I really do need to know the answer to this. So the Xfinity <laughs> races, those are the pickup truck No, that's the races. Uh,
6: that's the Craftsman Truck Series. Oh, Craftsman that's truck on okay. Friday.
5: Cra- the Truck Series races. Yes. Those trucks don't actually carry anything in the back.
8: No. They uh, co- hey,
5: they cover them s- s- up. Hey. Yes, they what's do cover them the up. What's the point of racing trucks that can't really carry anything at all? You're just racing weirdly shaped cars now instead of... That's regular all. Cars. That's
6: all NASCAR is at this point is just racing weirdly shaped, different cars.
5: weirdly shaped cars. Yes, but essentially they're just cars that yes. kind of look like they trucks, have a bed, but they don't. They cover up the bed, so well, it, they,
4: you know, it's still there. It's I, flattened out. Yeah. It's flattened out yeah. though,
5: and it's aerodynamic. So you it's couldn't the design. You couldn't says. put your um, you know cooler of six packs in the back or anything. I mean, like what sandwiches. The point? of racing a truck if you can't carry something in the back of I'll the truck. T-
6: I'll tell you what you can put in there. A lot of wed- lead shot to weigh the back end down oh. so it doesn't wiggle
5: around there so you, you can go. do that. Really? Doesn't that slow you down though by putting a bunch of lead in the back <laughs> of your car?
6: It's it's an old <laughs> trick that used to be done. You'd have the car underweight, but you would fill the frame rail with lead shot so it would make weight and then during the race you'd pull the plug ah, and it around. would all fall out.
4: Much like uh, some fishermen do with their fish, that's right. They weigh them down with lead. Heard another story. I did. I saw, <laughs> I saw it too. I saw it too. Uh, I was looking for Big audio. Five. Yep. There's another guy. Yes. yes. <laughs> they. I, I caught the world's biggest crappie, and they said, "No, well, we've." Leave x ray. It's crappy. It's like, crappy. Well, they, that's what they, they call it. They said it's south.
5: pronounced crappy.
4: Down south, they call it crappy. Pretty crappy. I cra- spelled eat, crappy. I literally used to eat them. So, Is it good eating? It's phenomenal. Really? Phenomenal eating. They're so. bottom feeders, but it's good when you're sick. like a catfish. Yeah. They're good. But they're called crappy. I have, we have derailed. Sorry. It's yeah, had yeah. Pretty
6: crappy of you guys to <laughs> just completely go Sorry off. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, the Xfinity race was supposed to be around in the morning, but because of rain, it got pushed back till after the big race. Uh, the Daytona 500 was won by William Byron with Hendrick Motorsports teammate Alex Bowman finishing in second. This makes Rick Hendrick's 302nd win as a car owner mo- most all time. And on the day of the 40th <laughs> anniversary from when he first opened the doors at Hendrick Motorsports,
4: it's
5: pretty amazing, man. 300 yes, it and is. how many? So, and Jimmy Johnson's not with Hendrick anymore. No, he, he's, he's he owns his own team. But he got in a crash, like in the fifth or sixth lap, yes. and he was yeah, pretty just, much
6: out of it. Yeah, it was that's never tough. Really you, the so same.
5: you feel like you're going to race 200 laps and then five laps in, it's done. You're done. He he still had speed in the car,
6: but never never really got into a position to win. Um, Austin Hill won the
4: nightcap. Hey, that's, his, that's, his, it, we, that's enough. We got it. You gotta, no, they gave us his, the winner for the how many races are there? His My third God. straight
6: series opener. The circus now heads to Hampton, Georgia, for round two of the season at Atlanta, starting on Friday.
4: Okay, uh, Ben Dan in the chat said Ben. Those trucks aren't running moonshine.
5: They should be, not that should be, though. That should be part of the race. You need to carry something with you in the back of the truck and not, get it to the finish line.
6: Not anymore, they don't. <laughs> uh, MLB is about to start spring training games tomorrow with the Dodgers playing the Padres at 12 p.m. right here on ninety-seven through The Fan. Uh, with these games about to start, I would like to remind you guys that players like Jordan Montgomery, Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, Cody Bellinger, And Blake Snell. Sneller's he's
4: he's he's, has a home. He's a giant
6: now. Oh okay. Yeah, he's I I must have missed that then. But all of the other guys are still free agents with little to no active conversation surrounding them. Rob Manfred discussed last week that he would like to see a two week signing period like the NFL and NBA around the time of the winter meetings, but that should need approval from the Players Association to happen.
4: And they won't get it. They will no. not get that. Now, I said early on... Remember when we were getting really yeah. frustrated, Benny? Like, man, it'd be fun if they had a if they had a period, like a deadline where you had to sign by. I didn't think that went through, necessarily. Um, all that does is incentivize owners to spend less money. And I don't want our owner to spend less money. I want our owner to spend more money. Now, obviously, you want your owner to spend good money. You don't want him to throw... I don't know, just uh, off the top of my head, an eight-year, $144 million contract to a guy uh, that's going to get you a .3 war uh, and retire way early. You don't
5: want that. Can we explain why that, that's the case? So let's say you've got like four players like the Boris clients, and they're all holding out until the last minute. Well, if there's a deadline, and you know if I don't sign by 9 p.m. today, I can't play this season, and I make zero You're going to be more inclined to take whatever is the last best offer on the table, even though it's not what you were hoping for. If there's no deadline, you can keep being patient and waiting it out and hoping maybe there's an injury somewhere else. A team gets desperate and increases their offer. But at this point, you're also
6: saying, well, most of these teams are already set. I'm not going to go and spend $300 million on Blake Snell when I would have thought about it a couple of months ago. So they're costing themselves money by waiting this long also.
4: Maybe. maybe Potentially. I mean, you know, but again, it it is a weird thing, man. And again, you're talking about mercurial. That word always kills me. Mercurial players in Blake Snell and Cody Bellinger. You are. That's just two of the guys that are. You don't really know what you're going to get. One's coming off a Cy Young. But he had struggled the last couple of seasons leading up to that, and obviously, you think in your mind, "I just won the Cy Young; it's time to cash in." And here we sit today. Spring training is fully in effect, and Blake Snell is without a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a job; he's a twelve and up travel travel ball coach in Seattle right now. That's his, his only gig, um, and that's that's got to be a tough pill to swallow. I busted my ass; I won the Cy Dead Young to be he's that's got, to be he's got,
5: that's a job yep. too. That's true. The Yankees still seem to be interested. But you get the sense that Blake was hoping someone else might swoop in. That wasn't the Yankees.
4: You, you get the sense that he hopes that that someone Yankees?
5: else swoops swoops in. That's not the Yankees. I
4: wonder who it would be.
5: I, I just don't. I don't see the Yankees. stripes. I don't either.
4: I think the Giants are Giants fit. were.
5: Yeah, but are they've spent on other players? They have. Do they have anything left? Or will he have to take a discounted deal or a one year deal even? And try it again next year in free agency. Incredible. The That's New York risky.
6: media, The New York media would eat Blake Snell alive. Plus, the Yankees are very happy with uh, Marcus Stroman giving up bombs to double-A prospects in spring training. That's fair. Uh, Netflix is working on another sports documentary that will shine a light into baseball's most recent relocation. Netflix will produce a deep dive into the Montreal Expos moving to Washington, D.C. to become the Washington Nationals. The documentary uh, will look at the disputes between Montreal and the ball club, the firing of manager Felipe Alou, and many more of the multitude of issues that led to the relocation. I'm interested in that. No name or release date has been set, but it is yet another intriguing
4: look into sports from Netflix. I don't remember that. I mean, I remember it, right? We grew up watching the Expos play and. Then all of a sudden, they just weren't. And I didn't really understand why at the time. How old were we, Ben, when they left Montreal?
5: They left uh, Montreal when we were... 20 years ago. 29. 28, 29. I didn't
4: didn't really, really understand it then. I'm interested
5: to dive deep into it uh, with Netflix.
4: They've done a good job with their sports Can I make
5: an admission? Maybe other people share this. (laughs) I always wondered why the Montreal Expos logo were the letters ELB. Because it looked like Elb. It, you're right. It was an M in three colors, but I could never see the M. It just looked like EL- oh, you saw it was ELB Elb to me. And I didn't get that. But it's an M. It's unfortunate,
4: too. No, uh- it says the uh, club seemingly gave a derivative explanation for that back in the day. Um, oh. Contemporary reports take note of the forward movement of the emblem and the fact that it incorporates M for Montreal and E for Expos.
5: And then a lot of other things. And then a lot of other <laughs> Chris things.
4: Chris Ello always claimed it was his last name, Ello. It's, it's not, but it kind of looks but like
5: it. It does kind of look like it as
4: well. The Expos logo is composed of three letters, the largest of which is the overall stylized M for Montreal, represented in the lower left of the logo's lowercase E for Expos. On the right-hand side of the Expos, er, the logo in blue is the letter B for Baseball. While this may stand as the final word, it seems unusual. This explanation came two decades after the logo's <laughs> debut. That's more of making a story to fit a logo
6: that's rather fair. than creating then a logo. logo or... to fit a story. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's a cool logo, though. You can't oh, yeah. deny that.
6: Another big casualty from that, no more Major League Baseball in San Juan, Puerto Rico. They played their first month there. Oh, oh that's right. They did. Because it was
5: too cold. Interesting. In Washington, D.C.? No, in Montreal. Oh, in Montreal? Yes. Yeah, they would go,
6: they would play the first month of the season in San Juan, wait for it to cool down a little bit because the Olympic Stadium, at least if I remember right, didn't have a roof on it. Did it? So it'd be did free. They? I don't I they remember did. that. Yeah. Jerry but, Park didn't have a roof, their first stadium. Okay. Well, they. I remember, I do remember the Mets going down there to play regular season games for the first month of the year. Hmm.
4: Interesting. Thank you, Italian Paul, for your Italian Paul report. No problem. Very well done. All
5: right, uh, we'll come back. We got some uh, tickets to give away. I believe we have another pair of tickets to the uh, the new volleyball, the pro volleyball team in town. Chance to win some Mojo tickets to Friday night's home opener at Viejas Arena. We'll get to that coming up next with Ben Woods after a check of traffic <laughs> here on 97.3 The Fan.
4: Five week cough. You've call got it. an event tomorrow. Yeah, I do. I do. The uh, San Diego Seals, my beloved San Diego Seals, have uh, opened a new practice facility. Benjamin and I'm going to be the master of ceremonies uh, and MC the ribbon cutting uh, for the Seals. They they built a new practice field and facility facility, and it looks. Uh, incredible! It's going to be incredible. These guys deserve it. Uh, it's going to be a really big part of the community as well. YMCA is involved. Rady Children's Hospital as
5: well. So I'm excited, man. Excited to get down there and do that right after the show. Speaking of the seals, I feel like uh, we can uh, start letting tier ones in on what's going to be going on. Should we here in a couple of months? Well, I think, it, not, I think a it's fairly, not a couple no, of months. not a couple of weeks. weeks. Actually, uh, I believe it's fairly official. We're going to start giving away tickets here soon. Ben and Woods Night. At a San Diego Seals game. Isn't that special? Ben and Woods night. We're going to have our own
4: section of Tier 1s. Uh, I think we have 40 tickets to give away. Uh, we're going to have our own section. And word around the campfire is there's going to be a little um, uh, an event of sorts. If we can get that pulled off. I'm just going to tell you guys right now. If what we're planning actually comes to fruition, you'll
5: want to be there to see it with your own This eyes. will be on Saturday, March 2nd. So that is uh, a week from Saturday, Correct. actually. So this is coming up actually very quickly. So listen for details in the uh, coming days about how you can win... Uh, you know, four packs of tickets to join tier ones at a San Diego Seals game. Listen to Woodsy on the microphone uh, as they uh, they're having a pretty good season, right? They're in first first yeah, place, yeah, play, having a really good season, yeah, Just really really solid season, dropped, yeah. But, but but still having a good year, and it should be a, a fun night. I've enjoyed. I watch the most of the games on the streams when they are on live on the weekends, yeah, it's and surprised. I've been to a couple of games in the past, but this will be my first one this season, and I'm looking forward to sharing the experience. Yeah, you're going to have an interesting time. I think at that will game. Will I? Well, it, well, I mean, you won't be with me. You'll be down in the, you know, the penalty box where you generally perform your duties. I
4: may be with you at halftime. Okay,
5: though, is the rumor down on the uh, down on the, the, the pitch, the field, the carpet, not the, the pitch. carpet down on the carpet, the carpet. Uh huh. And maybe a tier one joining us. Maybe down Maybe a the tier one joining well. us down uh-huh.
4: there as well. Maybe you, um, maybe you will be uh, dressed in something. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
5: Like gimp mask? It
4: it's not. not. Do you have? I have a couple questions for you quickly, just in case. While I'm thinking of these things, do you have a cup? I do, do not you own a cup. I do not own a cup. I'm going to need you. I have a jock strap, but I need a cup. Yeah, I would go to Dick's ASAP and get yourself a cup. Okay. Okay. Just in case, because that's that's
5: something that you're going to want. All right. What size would you recommend for you? Medium. <laughs> Oh come on. Medium large. Large. <laughs> large.
6: I can already hear it, especially if this cough doesn't go away for you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's San Diego Seals, game seals goal for number forty four, Danger. <laughs>
5: well, you have a game this week too? <laughs> I've got a game Friday. Ooh. I'm dead. That's I'm tough. dead. It's you tough. Have a cough button on that thing?
4: Uh, no, no, no. I'll just have to have to gut it out. But uh, no, I'm excited, man. I I love getting back uh, down in the box and watching the guys play. So should be fun. I'll tell you guys all about it uh, after the event tomorrow.
5: Speaking of Friday, it is also the uh, opener for the San Diego... Uh, the Mojo, right? Yes. The Mojo, our new professional volleyball team. And I believe we have some more tickets to give away to a lucky listener. We've got a four pack of tickets to see the Mojo's inaugural home game against the Grand Rapids Rise this Friday at Viejas Arena. San Diego Mojo professional women's indoor volleyball team is bringing the heat to Viejas Arena all season long. You can go to San Diego Mojo VB dot com for tickets or be the fourth caller right now 833 three two eight they're still looking for their first win maybe they'll get it at home in their first home game on friday night and you can win them by calling now 833 eight zero ninety seven three. good luck Carrie walsh jennings bringing professional women's volleyball to san diego in their inaugural season here at viejas arena or there at Serena. Arena. Yeah. It's right right, that about... As it were. Two and a half miles that direction out the window behind me yep. is Villajas Arena.
4: What do you want to do in the last segment? You want to hear from some Tier 1s? You guys want to talk some Padres baseball? We want to spin the topic wheel? Whatever you guys want to do. I'm I in.
5: would like to... Uh, let's talk some Padres baseball, and maybe we'll spin the topic wheel All once right. or twice. Sounds so. good. All right, we'll get to that. Coming up, let's break, and we will come back, let uh, Frank take some winter phone calls, and we will wrap things up when we return with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number 1 sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Congratulations to Steve on the San Diego Mojo volleyball tickets. Congratulations! During our final break of Ben and Woods, we have about uh, 15 minutes to go, and then we will turn things over to Annie and Elston here on a Wednesday. Why does it smell like um, explicit in here? I had that same question, and we learned that uh, Italian Paul Frank over here is a devotee of bed. Bed Bath & Beyond, is that your, or the Body Works? What's, bath & Body Works. Bath & Body Works. That's the one. Not what Bed, is bath happening and beyond. right now?
6: It smells like... Does it smell like oranges? Nicer
5: than it's ever smelled during our show, at least, no during the studio.
6: No question. If it smells like oranges, that would be because I am. Uh, I just used the Calypso Clementine antibacterial hand gel that you can buy at your... Uh, Local Bath & Body Works, limited time only, of course. Everything is seasonal, which is really annoying.
4: <coughs> Benny's is bringing back fond memories for you
5: a little bit. It's a, it's a pleasant smell, to it be is. sure. There's it no is. doubt about that. Do you Are you a frequenter
4: of Bath & Body Works? My missus used to work there. I really? Can, yeah. I oh, yeah. know One yet. of her first jobs. I cannot be. You cannot be a frequenter? Mm,
6: nope. Because everything there is too expensive, it's, and it all smells so good that I would need to be put on income support.
5: So that wow. is his – that's like his – Do his, a GoFundMe for Frank's <laughs> scent <lotion. laughs> addiction.
4: Your, your, your Achilles heel, as it were, is Bath and Body Works. I, did I, thought, not, I would not have guessed that about you. It's the candles. The candles
6: are, you are the candle ones that guy? sucker me in. Yes.
3: Seductive. He's the, very seductive. The, ca- over there. the
6: candles and the body wash; those are the, those are the two.
5: I'm going to need you to go. I picture one day Frank is living under a bridge, and they want to know where did it go so wrong. It was my addiction to, the, to Bath and yeah, Body uh-huh. Works that that undid me. I need you to take a picture of your
4: bedroom. Is it a is it a palace of seduction in there? No, with just
6: candles everywhere. No, it's not. I have all my candles. I've got one. I got one out that I use, and then I got like the rest of them off to the side that are seasonal. That they don't sell anymore, which drives me nuts.
5: Any incenses of any sort? Oh, incense is a different...
6: Oh, I get incensed all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. I think you mean something else. Never mind.
4: (laughs) Frank, uh, Kurt in the chat said, Frank, a true ladies' man. Yeah, Mm -hmm. candles are... That's a a must. When you were single, uh, Ben, and you had... Did you ever... You had your own place, I'm assuming. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I would kill someone to see what it looked like. (laughs) <laughs> like, to see inside of it.
5: Very functional. Okay. Ikea okay. functional.
4: Okay, Ikea functional. Clean? Television clean, yeah. The candles? Uh, no. No
5: candles? No candles. Stuff on the wall? Minimal. Like, like minimal. Ted Lightner headshots and stuff. it <laughs> no, no, was like very generic-y. You like know, what? Like, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, some of the same posters I probably had from college. Of? Like, Tony Gwynn? No. What did I have? Like, success with the bald
4: eagle?
2: Like, <laughs> what?
5: So not your motivational poster. Not my motivational one. Just Um like generic hotel type art. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a uh, uh, a couple
4: drinking coffee in Paris uh, yeah, something under like in a rainstorm or, or like something. Like some very
5: not like a color progression <laughs> like, you know, red to brown. Just very very nondescript, you know, neutral, something that is not going to reveal a lot into personality. And did you ever so you never had like any candles or any
4: anything seductive in there.
5: No. Do
4: you ever have any ladies over there?
5: Um, my future wife. Okay, has been went to my apartment, to your apartment a couple of times. Yeah, that was then, it. That was about it and then we got our own place okay. and got married. And, and then
4: you give up all and then creative give up all control. control
5: any decorations or furniture choices uh, yeah. for pretty,
4: pretty much everything. We're pretty point. much in perpetuity yeah, going yeah. forward. That's exactly right. Which me is too. fine
5: by me because I really never had that much interest in making those decisions. I have interest in having a cool place. I don't have had any... a decent kitchen. I mean Did it was well equipped and it was pretty large. A lot of sur la in there. Had I'm a few, sure. few yeah. items, yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. That's where we made all of our crème brûlées to begin our relationship. <laughs> My apartment kitchen.
4: <laughs> still one of. Had my, the torch. I still one of. My, oh, almost passed out. Still, <laughs> still one of my favorite stories of all time. We learned that Frank, that when he was courting his wife, they both discovered that they had a love of
5: creme brulee. And let's be honest, who doesn't? Frank, by the way, makes a mean Italian But you can't custard. go out to a restaurant that serves creme brulee every single night. No. Right. So we had to learn how to make it ourselves for our own dessert consumption. Right. And, and you then, had to buy the torch. And, he, oh, and then you'd sprinkle on the sugar at the end after making the you know, the custard. And how then many different insurance flavors. claims with the torch? No, we were fine. He's okay. very, very good. He's a, he's very, very competent in the kitchen. I let her handle the torching for the <laughs> most part. And we'd have a nice, thick sugar shell on top of our creme brulee. And it was delicious. Chocolate creme brulee, vanilla creme brulee. We certainly had different ideas of what we were doing at our apartments when we would have lady friends
4: over, uh, Ben and I. Did. I did not make any creme brulee with uh, any women, but listen, it's all deadly at the end of the day. Uh, right. First of all, great job today, Italian Paul. Thank you. You filled in with great aplomb and uh, very proud of you and, and the work. People in the, in the chat say, man, Italian Paul is coming out of his shell. And I, I'm interested. I'm, I, this is what I do. When you give me a little thread, I like to just pull the thread and keep pulling the thread. I'm very
5: interested in this Bath and Body Works version we of should Italian plum. You said he handled himself with great aplomb. Aplomb. Get him some some pl- plum scented, plum scented, hand scented. Hand lotion or yeah. something.
6: Somebody, somebody in chat, I think Diego Drip just said champagne toast. The the scent there is goaded. You have not have you smelled uh, black cherry
5: merlot? That is no. by far.
4: And How away would I the have best. ever smelled it?
5: Has anyone ever done aromatherapy? Talking, and what exactly is involved in aromatherapy? You smell stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, there's certain stuff is supposed to make you feel a certain way, like happy smells or relaxed smells. Some, we Those all smells agree that, that smells are good and bad. There are good smells <laughs> and there are bad smells. Yeah, I smells. think that, that's fairly agreed upon. Some people like bad smells, though, occasionally. I don't want to get go down that
4: road. It's disgusting. You're disgusting. I know where your head's at, and I'm disgusted by the whole thing. We should get Annie and Elston in, and let's talk about um,
5: let's talk bath about and body. bath let's, and body. Let's because it's All right, Well, uh, let's check traffic, and we will. Uh, we're going to be joined by our colleagues in a second here on 97 The fan. Now, Woods, you're being very stereotypical. You didn't pull in Craig well, I to talk did. about I waved Bath him and Body Works. You pulled in Annie. A, look at me, as though Sexist she has Woods. some sort you know of. Say something about Bath and Body Works? Yeah, <laughs> are you a fan? No, no, you're not a fan. Okay, no. sit okay down. Pull, pull up the microphone. This is fantastic. It's all.
7: not really
4: for a sexy reason. Okay, turn, get her okay. mic on. Radio station here. Wait. We got you. Okay, oh, we got yeah. you. Here we are. All right, good. You're on. Are we live right now? Yeah, we're, we're live, live, we're live on, on the air. air. We are <laughs> very live. Yeah, <laughs> just like you will Hi, be everyone. in a few Wait, minutes. So, so I wondered why our studio smelled like uh, an exotic dance mm-hmm. establishment.
7: It does smell either like an exotic dance establishment um, that is heavily, heavily perfumed, <laughs> or like my eighth grade <laughs> PE class.
4: Yes, yeah, that's a <laughs> good of the point. Same smell now. I. Now, I was very
5: uh, um I'm assuming then girls' high school locker rooms must smell much better than boys' high school locker rooms. They do. Because they oh, smell they really, I really bad. I wouldn't know, actually. Bath I don't know what I'm Body talking Works. about. I have no idea how... Well, I just know how bad boys' high school locker rooms smell.
4: But I want to talk about our yeah. Italian Paul. And mm-hmm. he goes to Bath & Body Works and he gets um, sanitizer and lotions and things.
7: Well, I think Italian Paul is just looking to up his game from the stuff that you find in the supermarket. Maybe That's the true. 99-cent... Just hand sanitizer, alcohol sanitizer. Yeah, this has little beads in it, it moisturizing it's
4: beads. Very sexy Italian. Things like that.
7: Oh, God, that, that <laughs> does
4: smell good. I mean, it really does I mean, smell you fantastic. Might want it. Maybe this is you get,
7: what is he's the really, maybe he's for the ladies.
2: To,
4: You get
6: one girlfriend and you're off the rails forever.
4: You got a girlfriend? Had, yeah, I didn't know you had one. Yes. Oh, she got you turned yes. on to the Bath mm-hmm. and Body Works.
7: Also, if someone, if like a lady says, oh, hey, do you have any hand sanit- sanitizer and you pull that out? Like, it's that's over. probably points. That's all points right there, right? It is absolutely. <laughs> exactly. I know
4: that you said you had to go to the potty. <laughs> yeah. So you can do that if, yeah. if you want I, to. I, I just really want to get your opinion.
7: The Bath and Body Works anymore because I get headaches in there. It's too much. It's too much.
6: I will, too much. I'll give you that. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. It is too much after a while, but if you, you're hanging out for like 30 seconds, you'll be...
7: <laughs> if you do it in doses, guys. Yeah, just small <laughs> doses.
6: Thank
5: you, Annie Halbrun. The, the Padres Clubhouse doesn't smell that bad. No, it smells, smells pretty good. It's decent. Yeah, I think it's the. Uh, there's a level of professionalism there. They've got more attendance to, I mean, daily cleanings and stuff. I, I remembered how horrible... The high school, like the locker rooms and the gym area used to smell. It was very unappealing. Yeah, it was. It really was. Let's spin the topic wheel before we still have 15 minutes. Frank oh can't goodness. find the topic. I, wheel, yeah, no, so. I,
6: there is no, I have no topics. I have <laughs> no topics. Paulie must have wheel. taken it
5: with him. It's at home with him, sitting next I'll, to his bed. I'll spin this as the sound, but we don't actually have to All do All really right, do we have games. topics that yeah, I got we a topic can, can. Oh, all right. And Woodsy, this is Theater of the Mind. Now yeah. here, <laughs> da, 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 da. what movie did you see at way too young of an age, of an age? Ooh, a way to see. I usually I I was very a rule follower, so if it was rated <laughs> R, I didn't let myself go see rated R movies. Well, it's interesting to
4: me because this this topic miraculously came up today when we have lost someone in the uh, in the movie that I saw way too early. Do you remember the movie Porky's? Yes. So uh, Anthony Meat Tupperello Meat passed away yesterday, 64 years old, Ben. Uh, and he was like the big football player. And uh, I remember seeing Porky's when I was a kid it came out in 1979. Um, and I saw it probably when I was seven or eight, nine years old. And it's, I mean, it's rife with, you know, sexual innuendos and naked women, the whole
5: thing. And uh, I i was, I thought it was Maybe hysterical. Maybe not quite as raunchy, but I definitely saw Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, it's extremely raunchy. Not, not as porky's, though. Would you say more so? I I, mean, w- I I would actually venture to say Revenge of the Nerds is... I think I saw that one fairly. Benny, that was fairly the, early. That was the first full frontal. We've got, you know,
4: the whole thing, like... That was very, very that w- that w- that was one that I saw both of those were probably I saw a little too early. What about you, Italian Paul? Anything you saw at an early age?
6: I can't think of anything in particular. But Frank grew first... up in the
5: streaming era. It That's was much true. harder for us to Grew up
6: in the streaming era. How old do you think I am? Like thirty. Thirty one. Okay, so, well, yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, the streaming era. The only thing I can think of is my dad would scare me. With the uh, with Apocalypse Now, the scene where the lion or the, the tiger jumps out from behind the bushes. That's yeah. a different my kind dad of... would My dad would scare me with that when I was like two or three. Now I he watched... would have his surround sound on, and he'd tell me to come in, and he would scare me with that.
4: I want to get your ruling on this. Bo and I watched a movie a couple of days ago, and uh, he really enjoyed it. And it's a movie by the name of Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Yes. Now, I covered his eyes. There's two scenes... Where, you know, boobs, and I just covered his eyes. But he said, he goes, is it violent? And I said, well, <laughs> there's like bar fights, but it's not, you don't look at that as like a violent movie, no. right? He does rip his throat out at the end he does, with the, his bare hands. Now, we didn't see that part. We didn't get that far, but he loved it. He thought it was the, the greatest thing he'd ever seen. He loved Patrick Swayze in there kicking ass and, and, and fighting guys and throwing all the bad guys out. I thought it was more of a moral, like, hey, don't act a fool when you go out in public. And then number two, if you do, you could get your ass kicked really quickly. By so there's guys. a lesson in it. There's there. a lesson in to it. be learned. There's absolutely uh, a lesson in it. I didn't think it was a bad movie for a six year old. <laughs> I really didn't. I mean, I know it's rated R.
5: Like, what would be a really bad movie? So
4: there's a couple six year old when it right pops now. up on Netflix when we're scrolling through. Joker pops up and he's like, he covers his eyes. He's terrified of Joker. Seven. Gives him the 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 willies. Seven when gives everyone the willies. That movie's that movie's terrifying. I I wasn't ready for that movie at forty. You know what I mean? Like... Somebody
6: somebody brought it up in the chat. I don't think Blazing Saddles would be all that good a movie for him to no, watch right now. No,
4: there, you can't have anything with like like racial undertones. You can't have anything with. Uh, I mean, there's a ton that you have to really sense yourself because they start re- repeating things like crazy.
5: I saw a Clockwork Orange. Oh my god! At, very, at, at somewhat young age, but I didn't understand any no, of it. No, you it don't was understand very, it. Very confusing but it, and it creeps British you out. And, yeah, it didn't didn't get it
4: at all. It's a it's a terrifying movie when you see it when you're older. Um, he they've both watched parts of The Shining with me, and they they just think it's funny because the guy's like crazy. But I don't censor a very lot. Dad-like, it's very dad-like. <laughs> yeah,
2: I love you, Danny. I've always loved you.
4: I like to pretend that I'm him. All right, we can spin the topic wheel again, Ben. What's what sound? Inst- oh, there you go. What sound instantly stresses you out?
5: Ooh, a sound, a stressful sound. So when anyone honks their car, oh, yes. it's very stressful. And I always wonder when you live in the East Coast, Frank, like places in. Like New York, where honking is just common. It yes, just happens it all the time. I hear one honk, and it could be directed at me, someone else. I'm like, whoa, what did I do? What did I do? What's going on? What's going on? And it's, it's very stressful to hear a horn honking because I didn't grow up with the constant honking of horns living here in, in California.
4: Mine, you, mine is a siren. When I hear a siren, I have the same visceral reaction of like, uh. Panic. You know, and oftentimes I'm driving with my uh, AirPods in. I'm on talking on the phone or whatever, and you hear that siren, and you just get that panicked feeling are, of...
5: Are you a horn honker because you grew up on the East Coast, for Frank? Not anymore. You can't do because it Because my horn broke.
6: So not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely was. I, I almost... Was. So
5: here's something that really bothers me. And it's it's not that they do it, because we all do it. You're at a like a really long red light. And the person in front of you, you're second, the person in front of you clearly looking at their phone and they missed it turning green. So you give the tiniest of just, like just the tiniest, like there should be a separate horn just for that. Like that's, that's what it's for. I don't even mind. I've done it before. Let them know, hey, no problem. We're just going to keep moving. But then they look back at you like you're some. You're the jerk. Like you're a monster. Honked at them. Well, yeah, you're looking at your phone, and we've been sitting here for seven seconds, and it's been green. What else am I supposed to do? I was the tiniest little honk that I could possibly do to get your attention and let you know There's, it's time to turn.
6: There is a big difference between uh and uh
4: uh people don't understand the difference there's here. a good point here tim Tim does the move and i I agree I do this too he does the uh, double short tap and that's two. The one you, boop, boop. that's yeah, less that's le- less that's less, less, less than, than, than one uh, yeah quick two tapper works every time. Petey says the same thing. The quick two tapper, employ that, and you get that in your daily rotation. I think you'd I really okay. would like it to be known.
5: Like, can I announce? I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you at all. I'm not mad just at, just at you. Wake up I'm just, a little. I'm just helping you here. It's time to go. I would love the same courtesy from someone behind me and not think that they're angry at me because it took me four seconds to get off the line once.
6: As a kid, I always thought it would be a really cool idea to have a car phone that you can type in the license plate of the car of a car in front of you or next to you so you could like talk to them. And, like, they could, they would ring their car and pick I up saw, the phone.
5: I think that'll lead After, to more deaths. Yeah, and as I've around. grown up,
6: as I have grown up, that would be a horrible <laughs> idea because I would be very, very rude with that.
4: I saw a tweet yesterday that said, what's a, a, a moronic idea that you have but it is actually brilliant? And someone said, your car doesn't turn unless you have your turn signal on. And I said, yes. that's absolutely one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard in my entire life. Uh, your car will not turn unless you put
5: the signal on. Until someone's coming, like, right at you and head on, and you've got to swerve at the last second. I forgot to turn the turn (laughs) signal on. That's it. (laughs) It's
6: one of those great great ideas that works right up until the point when it doesn't. Great in
5: theory,
4: (laughs) my friends. Well, Italian Paul, you've done a great job today. Thank you. You may be back tomorrow. We don't know how... How uh, Paulie Rindle's feeling. I, I uh, don't yet. know
6: if I will be back here tomorrow because I will be uh, working the ball game tomorrow.
4: He's
5: on the board for Jesse and Tony tomorrow. Well, it doesn't mean stopped, you can't dude. work you at you can 14. No, i oh, You're young. You're virile. You're 31. I'll work you got, both. Your, I don't you care. got your lotions. You got everything. You're fine. Adam, here it is. All right. For the uh, the great smelling <laughs> Frank Marchese. For Stephen Woods. I'm Ben Higgins. Uh, Annie and Elston coming up next. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Wednesday from all of us.